This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Damage Atten of Sergeant Tannis, Clive Hawkins of Excalibur, and Valdis Lunaris of Ultros. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. You bitch! Hollow. That's not funny! That's never been funny! That's never gonna be funny! Juxtaposition. We're just trying to be funny, but I guess it just wasn't as funny as we thought it was. And Mika. That's right. It wasn't very funny at all. LimitBreakRadio.com. Five! Welcome! Two Limit Break Radio. A radio retaliates. Whoa. I was ready that time. Out of nowhere. I was ready. A I, radio I, readied. I, clearly. Uh, welcome to the show. Episode number 26. An exciting show for you today. Uh, because uh, we don't we do not do this very often. We have callers. We have a lot of interaction to the show. But today we have a very special guest joining us. Super special guest. Good friend to the show. Ultra special guest. PvP expert. All, all around awesome dude, Joe never fails. Joe, how you doing, man? Welcome to Limit Break Radio. What's up, guys? Uh, dude, it's good to finally have you on. We've been talking about having you on as a guest for a long time, ever since, God, ever since FanFest. And uh, there was a while, you know, there was a while that kind of PvP wasn't as supported development side uh, as uh, maybe some of the PvP would community would have liked to see. But now with Seal Rock and uh, the PvP roulette, it is uh, a bit more of a lively community these days. And so we thought we would have you on and discuss a little bit about PvP. So, Joe, thank you for joining us today, dude. Thanks for having me. And of course, we are live from Aorzia. Let's bring up the studio cam. We're live in the studio. Hey, look at that. Got a, got a pretty decent live audience going here. In, oh, uh, look at the glamours. There was a Khaled out there was the first one there. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, joining me, as always, we've got uh, Juxtaposition. How's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, notice my glamour. I am a giant sentinel of unmovingness. Yeah, I was trying to, to figure out what your glamour was exactly, and it's just... I, all I see is a bunch of metal. <laughs> I know. Because it's PvP, I, feel I like am the metal. I feel like that's right up your alley, though, Nero. Um, well, I'm, I'm more metal than Nero. It's it's obnoxious, is what it is. I mean, there you're you're getting. You're Wait, getting are you, whoa, whoa! Are you calling get, metal obnoxious? No, no, no! I'm calling your shoulder uh, pauldron obnoxious. That's like wow. I was gonna level. say, yeah. Where did like, you come like, from, Blizzard? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> hey, well, it's uh, go back to Azeroth. It's Raubon inspired. Okay, <laughs> go back to Azeroth, you filthy dark elf. 
They're dark. What? I don't know. Shows you how much I play he'd that. He'd be a, a drone. That's oh, what they okay. are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, so uh, welcome to the show. Also uh, joining me is uh, Kahlo Landis, surprisingly in studio today. Yeah, well, I studio. make it when I can, and you guys are able to, you know, get around my, my busy, hectic schedule that <laughs> isn't flexible at all because my work is stupid and dumb. Well, you know, maybe you should quit one of your two jobs. Excuses, excuses. Yeah. Also joining us, uh, Nika Kayanian. How you doing today? Uh, Nika is, uh, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to give you some extra credit here because you have been moving this week and, <laughs> and still made it here. Uh, and, uh, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. So, uh, it, more can be said about uh certain number six. Yeah. Who's not joining it. Actually, come on now. Let's be fair. Now, Escali Raimasa, uh, not with us today. He is letting his voice relax after doing an epic 24-hour stream, and I, I think I know why you have a little bit of saltiness in your voice. <laughs> Don't I even I start no, no, no. this, because I, you no, know, wow. you made I, mention of it the other day, geez. and I didn't say anything, because I'm like, first of all, I don't want to step all over Escalia, because he did a great job for a great cause. No, 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 you're, you, okay. okay, you know what, you're you're jump, you're just jumping the gun, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Congratulations go out to Escalia, uh, who had a really successful uh, 24-hour stream called Seeds of Acceptance, that went down right here on twitch.tv slash limit break radio where all proceeds from that 24 hour stream went to go affirmations and uh in 24 hours one minute and 34 seconds escalia was able to successfully pull off a clutch kill on uh on the final fantasy 8 final boss uh he was even down a, was it a clutch kill it was a clutch he was down a party member he was down to two. Oh wow yeah so that's really bad in eight that's, it's, that's it's actually it's it actually it was a most impressive uh, defeat and uh, and and had some that stream had some really great moments. I sat there entertained watching for hours. Uh, so congratulations go out to Escalia who uh, raised a total of twenty one thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, two thousand one hundred dollars, twenty one hundred dollars. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa. And, and twelve cents. Excuse me, oh. he raised nineteen hundred and fifty dollars. I raised one hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh. He didn't break two thousand. Bullshit! I helped with this. No, no, no! Yes. You can't! No, no, no! You can't! Fifty dollars of that is mine. You can't! You cannot claim this like you claim other people's DPS. Okay? <laughs> you can't! This is, this is trick attack damage. And, no, it's and not. I claim the ten dollars I donated. It's not. It, it's not. <laughs> okay, not. that's fine. Take your ten dollars. <laughs> $2,100 even and 12 cents making it a palindrome which there was this really interesting competition going on between factions on the stream team palindrome team breakers and team fixers uh, that was really cool to watch but Kahlo I think you're just salty because Escalia was able to top your 18,000 that you yes. raised congratulations Escalia 24 hours to raise 21 and I did 18 and 8 Congratulations. Ooh. See, I didn't want to have to do this, but Anira, you put me in a spot. You made this into a competition. Escali, just know that none of this hate is on you. You did a great job. I had fun watching you. This is just, I, I can't let him come up in here and, you know, challenge me like that and and, and not butt heads a little bit. No, so, I, so it's I, nothing to you, Escalia. Much wow. I don't. I don't think you could do it again. I don't think I don't think you could get I don't think you could get, get 1800. I don't think you could get 2200. Okay. I'm butthurt, man. Even if you had 24 hours, I don't think you could. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Congratulations, Escalia, for beating Kahlo. 
beating him like number one and then, yes and then uh, uh for your successful stream that was uh that was really entertaining to watch it was really awesome and uh, your 1940 is truly an inspiration <laughs> You're no, in 1930, give Nika her 10. I gave her her 10. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, congratulations go out to him. He's recovering right now. And uh, and uh, obviously that's totally justified. So uh, could not unfortunately be here with us uh, today. So uh, but but shout out to him. He did a really great job with that. So uh, again, if uh, you know, if you'd like to see some of the highlights from that, that's going to be at our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash limit break radio you can check out the archive in full at our twitch page of course here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio uh and we'll probably have some links to it at our brand new website over at limitbreakradio.com all right uh so let's move into talking about some news uh following a, a notable press event where final fantasy 14 has a uh, has some sort of significant presence there it always follows that there will be interviews where yoshida will continue to drop additional hints towards you know 3.1 and even 3.2 uh so uh there's there's been a couple of uh interviews that have been circling the community and then there's been uh, you know there's kind of been some other information that's been circulated that hasn't been totally verified but uh let's talk about some of these uh some of this uh uh interview information starting with the uh with the game watch uh uh interview done out at gamescom 2015 uh the question is is there anything else you can discuss about 3.1 yoshida responds the new series of 24 man raids will begin there as well but i can't really talk about the direction of any of that content as that's information will start to reveal at the 24 hour broadcast for the second anniversary there will be a fairly large update date for the gold saucer which will include quite a bit of new chocobo racing and triple triad content Woo-hoo! we're also looking at increasing the payout of mgp to allow players to buy multiple weekly lottery tickets uh we don't know whether this will all make patch 3.1 but we're looking at a number of ways to increase the earnings that follows up with the question will there be new type uh, uh new types of content in every patch yoshida this resp- is what a Nero's been waiting for. And this is this is a, a really interesting response from Yoshida. He says the production cost of instant dungeons is not that high. So we think that we will continue uh, that uh, those will continue to be included in every patch. We're trying to understand our workflow and overall schedule and upcoming new elements better so that we can understand if it makes sense to pool certain costs from two patches and have one large update. We are planning to add a bunch of content in the 3.x series that's unlike what we've had before really really encouraged by that statement perhaps some of the content will fail but at least we can say that we're trying a bunch of new things i think we developed a pretty solid foundation of gameplay with the 2.0 series so now we're proposing new things that we haven't done before i am really encouraged by that response good that's what we need that's what we've been saying that i thought would happen 2.0 sets the foundation and now we take off so salt of the earth and nero can stop being like where they at though where they at though well they still have to produce it i mean it's one thing but now they've actually said because that was one of your things like well they haven't said it where's it at 
Where's that? I haven't point. said anything. Good point. I there. mean, you know, this this upcoming two year anniversary stream is going to tell us it's a whole lot so about about that. the direction of this game. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm I think I'm as equally excited for the developer, you know, the 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 producer letter as I am for the the lore uh, uh, panel that's going to be going down. Argabar's Crucible. That's going to be really interesting. I I I, I don't. I mean, we don't know yeah. what's on the docket for them to talk about. Anything is is fair game, and they. Have have not said much additionally about the 3.0 lore so it'll be nice that it may get expanded on here yeah, so definitely uh that's I, I think that's some some really really encouraging statements there from uh from yoshi p uh so the main story in the 2.x series included lead-ins to the 3.0 story do you plan to do the same thing during the story of the 3.x series yoshida states that like in the 2.x series will uh add uh will add Continue to uh, will continue to add hints towards uh, the 4.0 series in the 3.x main scenario. I think it's been pretty serious so far in 3.0, but we were able to have some uh, more joke material in the 2.x series. So we're doing our best to include that kind of content as well. With the favorable reception to 3.0, I think everyone's expectation of the story are rising. So we want to make sure that we maintain an interesting story throughout three po- th- throughout the 3.x series and further expand on that with 4.0 uh so uh, you know obviously they're building a foundation much like the way that they started to mm-hmm. tease out content oh, in yeah, 3.0 absolutely. in 2.0 they're going to be doing that again yeah, one of the things that you know square Enix has always been great at is both character and world building so of course you know we'd be we're going to see more of that going forward. That's not something that they're going to start to skimp on all of a sudden. Absolutely. Uh, another question refers to Hildebrand and whether we'll see his return in 3.0. The Final Fantasy series has a history of having not only a serious side, but running gags as well. So I'm one. Uh, I'm wondering if we could add more of those types of characters. As one example from the Final Fantasy series in FF8, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff related to the school. As we come up with new things, we're wondering if someone like Hildebrand should be involved <gasps> with that. Confirmed hot dogs in Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just blow your mind? I, I kind of saw this a confirmation that Hildebrand was one of the orphanage kids. That <laughs> 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 everyone just, you know, accidentally forgot about. No, because of the GF. Because of the GF. So it was an accident. No, it's Hildebrand. Everyone purposely forgot about him. <laughs> like that weird kid. Yes, Deus Ex uh, GF uh, uh, Yeah, whatever (laughs) Uh, So uh, there was a a question about uh, collector's items and uh, and whether or not uh, they were going to look into doing something like maybe a graphic novel or uh, taking the lore and and making it uh, you know, a series of books and they said that they would be focused on collector's items for now and that in uh, you know, a question to follow up on that where collector's items are, are in Intended for the existing players and Yoshida responds with yeah uh, so we have to make sure that we're doing the right thing for people who have invested in the game's development for example of course there is the uh, there is interest in anime uh, but if you have a, uh, a niche subject like an MMORPG and you try to make it uh, to a main stage like animation it's too easy to lose control of the content and focus completely on the profitability so it could create a 
situation where there's lack of confidence in the direction of the game. Since we're operating globally, not just in Japan, we want to make sure that we keep everyone happy. I was having a few drinks with uh, with Matsuno, uh, who uh, is a, a game designer. I'm not sure who. Uh, maybe he works on for. I'm not. Somebody, somebody, tell me who who this guy is. Uh, uh, Yasumi Matsuno, uh, who wrote some of the side quests. Okay, he says right there who wrote some of the side quests. <laughs> and we were talking about charging for game related things. Did you even try game related things like that? We decided that first we would need to uh, check with gamers and the players to see if it was a good idea. The entertainment industry has developed a lot since uh, the time of Eleven, so it's inevitable that the idea of something like a novel would come up, but we would need to make sure it was profitable. What I like there is that, you know, they are bringing the attention to the fact that, look, an audience needs to, a clear audience needs to exist for this Mm -hmm. before we can even... Uh, come close to approaching uh, a, right, an idea right. like that, um, but uh, but uh, you know a lot of interesting things to you know th- to know that anime uh, novels, comic say, well, books are it, even a consideration at this point. That's pretty cool. When it comes to novels, obviously they've worked out very well for uh, World of Warcraft expanding their lore. They have just tons of them and uh with mass effect they've released a couple comics that help fill in the gaps in between uh those games in the trilogy so sure it's it's not unprecedented sure. i want to see anime minfilia <laughs> why why B- boobs oh boobs <laughs> he says anime but what he means is hentai oh okay yeah gross we have all tros it'll work <laughs> oh. he went a there. rainbow should shoot out every time you open it what wait that drop did not make any sense oh if you're where his head did i'm God, sure, it, I'm I'm sure it what are you opening sense. i i may take you off a of drop duty i <laughs> <laughs> said duty uh so uh this question actually this got my attention uh you've uh, the the question was we've you just started the community radio but do you have uh any other community activities this year so i did a little bit of digging about what the community radio is because of course if square enix call, uh, starts something related to 14 called community radio i gotta know what it is like, why aren't we on that why wait I because never, you're assholes uh, we we <laughs> were never asked to be on that it's uh, it's actually a japanese only service uh that is um, uh, a kind of similar to a little bit like what we do uh, and, you know, what Limit break limit Breaking News does uh, where they come in and after the patch, uh, you know, patch notes, they'll like summarize it or like after a dev panel, they'll summarize it or whatever uh, for the Japanese audience. In like podcast form, basically? Uh, I, you know, I don't know how it's distributed. I've seen links to uh, live streams that have gone on on YouTube before, mm-hmm. but I don't know where like an MP3 archive of something like that might exist. Uh, if somebody wants to provide a link to that, I'm totally, uh, I totally really be interested in checking it out. But my uh, very not deep dive of Google that I did when when researching this, he went all the way to page three. I went all the way. No, wow. I, I, I went to half of page one. I mean, I don't. <laughs> if it's not on page one, it doesn't exist. It, yeah, it, it doesn't. It, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so anyway, uh, Yoshida responds. First of all, and I give credit to the community management team for coming up with this idea. We're looking at starting a roundtable discussion with uh, the 14-hour live broadcast. This will be something relatively new in Japan. For community sites overseas at events like Gamescom, we usually make ourselves available for interviews from uh, community sites. Pfft, not to let them radio. Uh, repre- <laughs> Have we made ourselves available to them? Uh, Beyond just having a link on our about we page. We tried at FanFest. 
Yeah, uh, there was there was a bit of effort expended at FanFest, sure. But FanFest, I mean, come on. Well, How many people said, hey, come join me on my podcast <laughs> at FanFest? Come on. All 19 other podcasts that exist out exactly. there, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway... Uh, uh, they do usually make themselves pretty available uh, for interviews at, at stuff like Gamescom and E3 and stuff like that. Uh, representatives from the sites that have influence in the region come with questions from players and we give our responses. So I guess apparently we don't have influence. That's what that. <laughs> that's what the subtext of we that is. Now he's <laughs> getting salty. <laughs> in fact, we've been doing things like this for four years, so we're uh, familiar with a number of different people from community sites in E3 each region i think that was also uh four years oh honey that's cute yeah yeah right yeah uh <laughs> let me know when you get the double digits buddy uh actually no i think actually what the four years is uh referencing is the community podcast tour that they did with uh with the the community sites i don't know maybe not uh, maybe i'm reading too much into it anyway uh thanks to the increasing number of uh new generation players it's been very interesting working with the community in japan with things like like uh, the screenshot contest and to see uh, the writing the community has come up with. So we decided to try this out for the first time during the 14-hour live broadcast. Uh, we should have moved in this direction earlier, but we want to keep it going moving forward. Uh, community and uh, development teams, Some uh, the, 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 respond, the responding question is community and development teams sometimes not getting along with it, uh, uh, not getting along is a criticism outside of Japan as well. And then Yoshida says, something really interesting here i give a lot of credit to those who voice their opinion about what they enjoy and what they don't in a neutral way <laughs> what, well <laughs> fuck me uh so i thought it would be a great idea if we could further enhance that relationship by collaborating more on articles or by talking to those people in person <laughs> aka this is why we don't do shit with limit break radio but i mean it kind of sounds like they're trying to have a bigger initiative moving forward so maybe really they I, oh, out, well, now they might start uh, guys, guys we've guys. had the same email address for 10 years Guys, i think that they know where to find us come on do you blame them <laughs> no <laughs> no not at all i understand i get it like how many lawyers must they have on retainer if they're going to come in and do an interview with us right <laughs> um, you 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 can't say that yeah no i wouldn't use that word <laughs> just oh, oh, omit that part uh, just don't, censor the whole thing don't play that song don't mention that site. Uh, anyway, so uh, that just some really interesting statements there from uh, from Yoshi P. And uh, I'm going to consider that uh, indirectly referencing. Yes. That. Yes. I'm going to consider that as acknowledgement. Did Senpai notice us? I, I, you know what? I'm going to say that he did. I'm going to just say that he did. Uh, so who wants to uh, uh, expand on some of these uh, in, uh, uh, interview notes about the yeah, uh, jpgames.de interview? Which, yep. by the way, I've never heard of this site, no, jpgames.de, but yeah. whatever they... I think it's from Denmark. You know what? They get a fucking interview with Yoshi P, but... No, okay, I think that's well, Germany. How many, how, how, well, many, sure that's Germany. how many dick jokes think they make a day, though? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, apparently one of the things they asked was about uh, if there's any plans for a 1v1 dueling system. And... Um, Apparently, they get asked that all the time, which I'm not surprised. I mean, you see it in a lot of games now. But essentially, they said no. There's uh, way too many problems that come up because of this. Um, and the, Ridiculous. And, <laughs> yeah. And the they, number one reason is that uh, the, 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 the jobs aren't balanced for 1v1. You know, there, there's no way that uh, an astrologer would be a scholar. Uh, Joe, did you have something to weigh in on that? 
Yeah, they missed the complete point of this whole question, but you keep keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they basically say, you know, in order to make it fun, because in certain cases, like like again, astrologer versus uh, an astrologian, nobody would win that fight, and it wouldn't be fun. And in order to make it fun, they would have to start balancing for PvP, which would then affect PvE, and you just get into a whole different ball game with it. And uh, they did say though, but if you want to request something like how to calculate or to calculate how, how much damage you deal for test purposes, then you can let us know and we can look into it. But I'm like, what? Wait, wait, what? what? Wait, huh? <laughs> that's, that's completely different from yeah. a dueling system is parsing. What? Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't understand why they, they like completely misdirected at the end of that question to something completely off base, but uh, I think they were thinking people parse by attack. Like, they wanted to one versus one to, like, test your parse. Uh, but I, I, don't I, I don't think that that's what... No. <laughs> no that's, I mean, that's what training dummies are for. Right, yeah. And if you wanted to do, like, PvP test parsing, I I, I feel like PvP is just a, a completely different element that, you know, how much damage output you have over a sustained period of time is... it's just It doesn't make sense there. Do you have anything else to add on to that, uh, Joe? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, the whole point of 1v1 dueling wouldn't be for me to just randomly say, I want to fight someone. It's, I want to fight you. Because you're being a dick. (laughs) I want to walk up to you, take my gauntlet off, and smack you upside the head. I want to fight you. Let's throw down. Yeah. That's 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 what I've been saying the whole reason I never got into PvP in the first place. is like, obviously, they're not balanced. I know it's not balanced, but I could just go in with my friend and just be like, I want to fight you for the fun of it because we're friends. I don't fucking care about, like, a random person. Like, it doesn't have to be a duty-finderable thing. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, uh, something like that doesn't have to be instanced either, Mm -hmm. you know? It could just be in the open world it's it, like an option exact quest yeah it, it, yeah exactly and i mean you know this game it steals enough from world of warcraft why not just steal another True. fucking thing but and i'll play the devil's advocate here you are going to of course end up having even if you just put in just for the fun of it you know we're not going to balance it it's just for the people that want it you are invariably going to have those people that are like no i'm a scholar i can't kill anyone in 1v1 boo hoo hoo help me help me help me which is wrong it. by the way yeah Scholars, scholars are, are badass. Super open. Scholars, scholars are badass. Well, so. fine. Uh, astrologians, white, well, whatever. whatever, whatever yeah. it well, is. You're gonna have those whiners, paladins. Bad, bad people always bitch about uh, these the extenuating circumstance about why they're bad. Okay, well, like, I mean, they're already bitching about it in like <laughs> front lines and shit. So what's the point? Yeah, exactly. And they're already bitching. So let them keep without your ass. Just let them keep <laughs> complaining. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, they go on to ask. Uh, there were plans for a jukebox in the housing area. Many people. Spend a lot of time there and they hear the same music. Is there any idea to allow changing the music? They respond with actually, there is a feature called uh, Orchestrium, slightly unsure if that is the exact name, where you can choose the current background music or you can switch to what you want to listen to. We are working on it already and we have a concept already. However, we currently must focus on so many things so it will be pushed back a little bit. We won't be able to make it for patch 3.1 but we are working on it. So that's pretty cool, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, that I, I, I definitely into that idea and you know what? Yeah, when it, it does, the, the, the music's not great to just no. listen to on repeat <laughs> yeah. over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So That's uh, why you just turn off the sound and you pop onto YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Nika, why don't you uh, tell us about uh, some of the uh, oh so fascinating points made in the well respected and long running publication that is PCGamesN.com. <laughs> What's the end? They get a fucking interview and we don't. What's the N stand for? Uh, tell uh, them. P- 
now new who cares ne- network no, i don't know no they, they come Noob. after pc games m who cares <laughs> anyway there was just a couple of quotes that came out of this not too many um the the new 24 person raid the it's like the same size and scale as crystal tower will be added in 3.1 it's not like a normal raid though and everyone's been talking about this since i've seen this interview that you actually you will use airships to visit floating islands and explore them when you land anyone can join so long as you don't exceed the 24 person limit so I don't know if that's like you join, you explore something, and you leave, and someone else jumps in and takes your place. What it know. sounds like is that a Nero's exploring thing is now being made the new Crystal Tower, so it's going to be piss easy, and anybody can do it regardless of their free company. Oh, no. I, like I think it doesn't say that. It says you use airships <laughs> to visit floating islands. The only airship you can have is a free company airship. Yeah, yeah. You cannot, I, you cannot get on right. an airship no, without a free company. You are... I mean, they, one hundred percent right. I'm sure that Sid isn't going to show up at the fucking Enterprise. And what they mean by this is you just get to choose which bosses you do first. I don't know. I think that they're maybe just trying to hide some of the information, like they said, until the fourteen-hour broadcast. I, 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 this gives me hope. This actually gives me really, gives, yeah, gives me a little bit of really? hope. Really, I read this, and I am actually throwing. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, and I'm going to say that when this actually comes out, it is going to be underwhelming. It is going to cause a Nero to rage up a storm, oh, and we're going to have to salt the earth again. What they oh, said is they're trying new things. Some of it might fail, and as long as we present our our dislike in a neutral way, they will look you into that it. In Nero? A neutral, a way. neutral way. Yeah, we'll we'll see about I, that. I think the next time that you get salty an episode, we should do a little bit where you go ahead and you know rage out, and then I will translate it into a neutral way. <laughs> <laughs> you can be my anger translator. Yes. Oh my god! Go. It's, 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 it, let's just steal things from Key and Peel. Totally, I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, so yes. Uh, that it gives me a little bit of hope. It it does sound a little bit like what like I think they will probably expand on that in the the fourteen hour broadcast. What my hope what my hope is is that the part that that last part anyone can join in so long as you don't exceed the twenty four person limit. What my hope is is that uh you know there's going to be some kind of condition to that or like the, you know it's going to take some time before you're able to just like pop it into duty finder or uh, whatever. You know what I mean? For those of you at home, we all have our own individual outlines up, but Nero still likes to point to the screen screen when he's talking about stuff and i really like that <laughs> <laughs> it helps him okay uh so I think, I think that spot actually it leads into the people that like obviously you're going to be going in with your free company airship but it leads into anyone can join so let's say for example you're not in a free company you can have people come in and also join in that or let's say you're in a really really shitty free company like Kahlo and Juxta and you don't have <laughs> you don't have enough people to be able to exactly. fill out a full run you, don't, you you can you can take as much of your free company as you want and then you can just sort of fill and in the spots cool. maybe there's like you. an option to open it to people outside of your free company how many airships yeah, how many airships do you guys have? got I don't know I've never even bought to look oh you oh. should because we, we have three yeah we that's nice now. that's cool but again do you have 24 people yeah you don't have 24 people i know and that's well, what i'm saying if we have a better airship than you guys do with all the hate you're throwing us i just think that'd be really funny that's I, all i'm saying I, I don't think so mm-hmm. uh anyway all right so uh there's there's a second there's a second point yeah, there's a few things here the next thing says that they're working on something specifically for grand companies not free companies which will allow you to hire npcs into your army which is a new element we think will expand options within the game that sounds uh, really interesting, uh, although it does also sound suspiciously like the, uh, what do you call it, the FF11 thing? System? Yeah, the trust system. Thank you. 
But the trust system, anyone can just kind of hire whoever yeah. wants to get like, um, the unlocking thing, right? I feel like this is going to be something like each grand company can hire a specific NPC for a certain amount of time and they'll help with the big grand company. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this sounds really familiar and I can't place what game it's from. Uh, maybe, maybe it was something, something that was rumored at some point, but to where, yeah, basically you can go around and hire them into your free company. So like if the Maelstrom has, uh, fuck, what's, what's that dude... Uh, who who said that he beat Titan, that giant Rogdoran, you know, the one that I'm talking about that's every time no, he goes the guy who said it was Titus. Yeah, yeah, Titus, or he beat Leviathan, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> like, you can hire him, and, and your grand company benefits in some way, but then after so much time, or, his you know... His contract expires. Yeah, or, or, or if some other, you know, somebody else from a different grand company offers him, I don't know, something more, whatever it is that you use, but, like, you know, I think it would be cool because that can also, you know put more of a, a, a twist on the whole... Yeah, but there's no grand-scale conflict that any I of know, those, any I of the, the grand companies and are involved in. Unless they come out with a new <laughs> PvP where they can, you know, pop in there. Oh, bet, then maybe that's something we'll get to. I don't no, know. Like, yeah, no. like, dude, you can hire the NPCs, go into a PvP, and if you're on that specific grand company, you have that, like, on, uh, then again, it's cross-server. No, I, I, I think it's interesting. But, uh, Joe, did you have anything to add to that? I, I just, I think that... Uh, uh, the whole that whole thing is going to change soon and needs to change. So I, I'm not very I'm not a very big fan of the the grand company restricted content or specific content myself personally. Yeah, you know they've had the grand company uh, specific content in there for so long. I mean, even going back to 1.0, it hasn't changed virtually since 1.0. They've got to do something with yeah. it. It is probably yeah. one of the most untouched systems that is still that actually still has relevance and a point uh, in the game that they just completely don't develop. Yeah, and it's uh, something that they should change before it's too late. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, uh, they did mention when like 1.0 came out that there was going to be a thing for grand companies or free companies to be able to like have contracts for the primals, right? To like, yeah, that was the, well, thing there at was one point. Well, like, oh, your free company can have Shiva for a while, and then after it expires, and someone else can summon Shiva. Or, well, like, they had talked about free roaming, free roaming primals, sort of like as yes, NMs, uh, which I thought was always an interesting idea, which they may have brought to fruition with things like the Odin fate mm-hmm. that may technically qualify as that idea. Like, brought to I, I remember their quote was like, when a when you summon a primal. You, Everyone will know because the sky and the weather will change. And I mean, Odin does have his yeah, own weather. There so. you go. There you go. So, I mean, congratulations. There's your free roaming primal. <laughs> Hope everyone's <laughs> happy with that. Yeah. Oh, another, mm, fucking fates. Okay, great. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Nika, why don't you... Yeah, uh, the last uh, point here is talking about the subscription model. As we know, things like ESO have went to the buy-to-play type of model. And so, apparently, in uh, Lion with the desire for continued expansion is secret unnamed French agency was hired in 2014 to survey FF14 players on their views regarding, regarding the subscription model. Since the release, FF14 has been staunchly dedicated to asking for a monthly fee from players in order to access the game, flying in the face of countless other titles that opted for the free-to-play route. The agency's finding was that 82% of the surveyed players did not want the current pricing plan to change in order to incorporate the free-to-play, so they want it to stay the way that it is, providing that the justification required to continue on the same monetary path that the game has been treading. Yoshida, however, is vocal in his belief that far too much is written about the impact that free-to-play could potentially have on an MMO's player base. Now, this, this is... 
I, I, I really want to, to stress this statistic. This is 82% of the player base. Didn't say that they didn't have an opinion about the subscription model. Didn't say that they're just, just sort of satisfied with the way that it is. They actively said they do not want the model to change. I would say that's goddamn successful. I would, I mean, in terms of an MMO these days, you know, Yoshida's exactly right. A lot, way too much has been made of the freedom play model and this is this is the best example of that this is what happens when you have all of all of your elements pretty much correct in your mmo i wonder exactly how that uh that that survey was 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 presented like 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 you know the eighty two percent of people is that like no I don't want it to be cheaper I don't want it to be anything you know obviously no one fair question obviously no one wants to pay more money for yeah, something fair, fair question right? fair question yeah uh, or going free to play obviously people it'd be nice not to pay money but you also know that that's going to affect the game in some way it can't not yeah you know oh yeah so yeah that'd be interesting to know yeah no I I definitely agree but you know uh, I, I I microtransactions and no no uh, you're, you're it's not Candy right Crush. Though. Not Candy Crush. Right, right. That is an app, not a game. Oh, whoops. <laughs> it's a way of wrong life. Show. Yeah, wrong show, man. Wrong show. Uh, so uh, that again, that uh, comes out of the article from uh, PC Games N. Uh, we'll have a link to all of these articles at our website, LimitBreakRadio.com. Uh, and there was a, a blog post published at a place called uh, Sakura.ne.jp that has some. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call it unconfirmed. I'm not gonna call it dubious. Dubious sounds a little bit judgmental. I'm gonna call this unconfirmed information. This is all stuff that was said in like a prior announcement. That's just like rehashing old information. Are Are you sure? I'm almost because some. But now, the, but now it's more confirmed. I feel like it's always been rumors. So I mean, some of it is like that. You know, this one here that the last 24 man content was a reference to Final Fantasy III's Crystal Tower, and that this time the 24 man raid will be something FF14 original. You're I, right. I can confirm that he said that at one point. Yeah, yeah, that's what I feel like. A ago. lot of this is is stuff that we've heard before, and now they're just so stuff that yeah, we can expect. It. There, but there are points that we haven't heard before. Like, for example, that there are no plan changes uh, from the previous Crystal Towers difficulty and build on mechanics that uh, none of the none of the interviews stated that I cannot confirm that piece of information it's disappoint it's a disappointing rumor that's all I'm going to call it is a rumor hold on hold on I mean it's not obviously a a direct you know confirmation of that but I mean in that earlier thing uh, from Gamescom that you mentioned with Yoshida you know that they basically use 2.0 to get to a point where they have a solid model foundation going forward and then from there they want you know to sure. build more new content so right. that would obviously to me that makes sense that instance dungeons and even the 24 man raid would continue to at least be where it was and how it worked in the previous one and then they could build outward from there so again it's not a direct confirmation I, but it doesn't but it doesn't surprise if, me. if that's but but if they're extrapolating that statement from that interview i'm gonna call bullshit on that yeah that's, no no gonna, that's, so. that's that's that that's yeah that is jumping mm-hmm. to conclusions I agree. right there. i'll give you that uh and uh and uh, the the final point unconfirmed. Don't know, but it it it's logical and it makes sense that you can access the new twenty four man raid without clearing Ooh, uh, the taking, crystal tower. Taking gating content to a whole new level. That would Whoa be there. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. 
Um, oh, Crystal Tower is not hard to beat. So, but nobody does it. Right? It is that, hard. That's it not is true. Hard to beat. I queue up for it every like. I it did is it hard. All last you queue up for it right now. You prove that. <laughs> yeah, I actually did all three, and I got my tombstone for the weekly quest. It's not. I mean, it, it, the queue time is like forty-five minutes, but you can definitely get it. Oh yeah, that's reasonable. Uh, so <laughs> another thing that they that they mentioned was uh, something called the Beginner's Palace. Can we get a better uh, name, guys? Uh, it's, it's a question mark. It says I know. All of, uh, yeah, all of, again, all of this is just rumor. But uh, implementing an area where you can uh, practice mechanics, etc. Again, if they're extrapolating this from old interviews, they never confirmed this. They said that it's an idea that might be uh, something that they can look into down the line. They never confirmed any of this. Uh, training dummy can now measure your DPS without thirty third party programs. That's kind. Wow. I don't remember ever hearing them talk. About I've that. never heard any statement like that before. Yeah. Again, that would be cool. Again, the, yeah. But again, this is why you we know were what this sounds like. Buttressing this with I feel like uh, there was a Square Enix intern that was like trying to get with some reporter chick from Sakura, right? He went out and got drunk and he's just spouting off all this stuff that he's heard <laughs> before being like, no, I got inside information about all this stuff. I'll give you an interview. Yeah, that sounds legit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, plan to be a larger uh, facility slash area than expected. Uh, so not sure if we're going to see it with the upcoming patch of 3.1. And uh, finally in here, uh, the uh, there's going to be a new weapon quest for the 3.0 equivalent for whatever a Zodiac weapon would be. Uh, and the 2.x series Zodiac weapon quest uh, continuation, uh, a new series rather than a sequel to the Zodiac Brave Quest. And uh, Zodiac weapon owners uh, will start the quest with a little advantage. Oh, okay. That's I, cool. I want to hear that out of Yoshi's mouth, though. I do, too. Please. You know, everyone's been having that rumor like, oh, I might as well get your weapon, even though you can outclass it by a random story quest weapon just in case you get an advantage but he's never confirmed that out of his list the advantage is just gonna be like not be not needing to like kill 800 mobs to start the step that's all it's gonna be Uh, that's a cool advantage i'll take that advantage it does say not just one step you know like it's not just gonna give you one step it's gonna it may give you uh, a statistical advantage it may give you i don't know i I don't think it would be something permanently lasting like a statistical advantage yeah i i couldn't see uh, yeah at least but i do like that idea though maybe uh, uh, materia slots or whatever the material was for your relic weapon to start off at that. I I mean, like it doesn't. I don't know. It seems like you get with one squ- free Atma with Square Enix <laughs> with Square Enix's focus on making everything fair. I don't think that a stat difference would would be no. it. I, I just, no, I'm just I saying you don't have that. to spend the 75 material to start it out. Like it just. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean, I see what you mean. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we know from interviews and rumors from out at GamesCon 2015. Again, we'll have links to this at our brand new website over at LimitBreakRadio.com in the show notes portion of this episode. Uh, find them there, and uh, while you're there, while you're visiting our website over at LimitBreakRadio.com, leave a comment. We do have now have comment sections on uh, our episodes, and... Uh, if you uh, if you want just you know like to let us know how we did or you want to just leave us a passing comment go for it or chew when you're out tell him to eat a dick what? eat a bag of dicks yeah if yeah. you want I mean that's if you want that would be salty <laughs> a salty bag of dicks salt yeah well <laughs> dicks do tend to be salty uh, so you would know <laughs> Damn, like, how him. do you know that. <laughs> Hey, I don't. I. You know what? Is my sexuality under question here? Am I under attack? I feel persecuted. Damn it! 
That's pretty defensive. Keep it neutral. Keep it neutral. I'm a bit neutral. I'm 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 offended. I'm 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 offended. You are offensive. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, So let's talk about player versus player. Joe never, of course, of Joe never fails. uh, Joining us today to uh, talk about player versus player. Infamous for the shirt and the saying, do you even PVP, bro? You mean famous. Uh, and uh, and so we thought, who better to come in and talk about player versus player events and activities than Joe Never? So, uh, Joe, why don't you start us off by telling us what is PVP for people who can't figure that out? PVP is uh, Picasso's very pizza. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, I love pizza. Yeah. Oh, oh no, yeah. I want pizza. Hell yeah. Well, PvP is player versus player, as opposed to the rest of the game as you're playing the computer PvE. PvP is player versus player. It's a very unique, it's a different, uh, completely different aspect of the game. It's very unique, it's original, it's never the same. My favorite, favorite aspect of the game. So and now it, you're 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 not alone, but you're kind of unique in in that it's your favorite aspect of the game. A lot right. of a lot of the Final uh, Fantasy com- uh, player base are care ca- bears, casuals, 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 and they can't handle the heat. They of don't PvP. like it. They don't they don't like PvP. Uh, they they say it's unbalanced or that their class sucks or uh, that because if you're losing, that's obviously uh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I mean that's totally the reason right? why right yeah. yeah. Because uh, what else could it possibly this be? Fucking controller is broken. So I mean, um, it, it's a very sensitive subject. It's a very <laughs> sensitive subject. So so for for those that have maybe only queued for PvP events uh, a couple of times, handful of times, they get you know their asses handed to them. Their you know their death respawn time is at like twenty five seconds. People are teabagging them. <laughs> uh, you know, like it, 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 for those people. Uh, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you help uh, sh- shed some light on what the point of PvP is? Because it's not just strictly, uh, you know, as we heard earlier, it's not going to be a one v one sort of thing. It's a team based game, and you're playing against other players. But there is, there's another, there's a whole point. Uh, depending on what kind of uh, PvP event you you queue up for. Yes, uh, for me personally, like I. I've been involved in the release of four different stages of PvP from the Wolves Den to Frontlines to Slaughter to now Seal Rock, which is fucking fantastic, I believe. Um, for me personally, like PvP, it, it took it took on a very like a very competitive team building uh, uh, role for me in the game. Like I have was talking about PvP for a very long time before it came out. I was on a Japanese server that was like hyping up for PvE, but also framing for PvP when it came out because we believed that, you know, Square Enix getting into this like really, really mainstream MMO market was going to create that very competitive, like, wow, very competitive uh, PvP uh, arena. It was going to create something fucking fantastic. And right, right. It, it, that has not happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a there's a very there's a different type of like I play a different version of PvP than most people will ever play. And uh, that is the very large disparity between somebody who's ready to fucking stomp on your head to somebody who 
is just going to walk in and say, hey, first time, guys. Hey, what, what are you doing here? Well, there does oh. there does seem to be different attitudes towards people who will queue into PvP. There are the people who just want to barrel ahead. I'm going to kill everything that moves. And then there are the people who are trying to, to introduce strategy and uh, move their team appropriately. Because, it's again, it's not just about going in and beating the shit out of uh, you, you know a, a group of, uh, of other people. It's about going in there and, and and successfully completing objectives uh, as well, which add to the points for your team. And then there, we have uh, players like Kala. No, hold on, just stop. Let let mm-hmm. me let me. There's there's a whole different class, all my own. Okay, and then you know you think you get you get hate mail. Okay, <laughs> I don't even want to put this out there, but I'm gonna for the sake of entertainment. And then you have the guy who uh, who just wants to get easy esotomes. Oh yeah. So he cues the worst his, type. So he no no it gets bad. It gets bad. <laughs> oh, no. So he cues his ninja. He th- <laughs> <laughs> he throws up stealth. He just walks around the whole time. Oh my god. Now occasionally occasionally if my adrenaline bar fills up and there's some poor sap walking by me, I'll stun him. I'll limit break him to death and then I'll hide back up and walk around, but I don't do shit. Believe you not, are that's, the that's, worst. Yeah, that's, not, that's actually not the worst. That's not the really? worst. That's, actually, that's a helpful player, believe there, it or not. The, there's the somebody worst, worse than me. The cowboy. The cowboy. Fucking cowboys is the worst player. That's the guy who's in it on his own, running into a mob of the entire team to die over and over. At least I'm not costing them anything. Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's right. That's, that's true. I'm taking pride that's, in that now. <laughs> that's like literally the, the most detrimental thing that you can do in Steel Rock mm-hmm. right now is die. So that's like a whole nother version mm-hmm. and very specific. But well, why don't we why don't we talk about the evolution? Because I know you said obviously yeah. it's not okay. PvP isn't where you would like it to be. I mean, obviously it's c- compared to some other some other MMOs, but it has gone leaps and bounds from what they first had with Wolves Den to right. what we now have with Seal Rock, which you're right is is fucking fantastic. And I don't always walk around just doing jack all. I mean, I I, I play sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. And then when you start losing, you just revert back into stealth mode and. AFK. Hot I don't corner. AFK. I watch Netflix. I watch Nero's Netflix. Boo! <laughs> Boo! He doesn't even pay for his own Netflix. Yeah, what a, God. We're friends, you and I. What a mooch. What? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> hey, you you mooch, watch it too. You mooch isotones. Excuse you mooch me. Netflix. Excuse me. God damn. I mooch off my sister's Netflix. Thank you very wait, much. Wait, wait, hold on. So, so, so you're saying after you threw her under the bus on Final Encounter Cast, she still lets you use her Netflix? Yeah, she was really mad. The word. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the comment she hated the most was me calling her a desperate housewife. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> PvP, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, so uh, walk, us, walk us through the evolution of, uh, of the different uh, events re- uh, related to PvP. Okay, so basically, like, f- me, for me, or like in general in the game? Uh, just, oh. just kind of in general, uh, you know, starting with Wolves Den, uh, okay. because we've seen, I mean, you know, with each iteration of PvP, they seem to make it bigger. They seem to, uh, you know, um, not not always throw different concepts in there, but expound on some of the same concepts mm-hmm. and make and refine them and make them better. Because, uh, you know, a lot of the game modes are kind of not that different from each other. Mm-hmm. So, yes. uh, you know, it's only really in fine, f- yeah, in, in fine points or in maps. So, uh, yeah, it walk us, walk us through how, uh, PVP has changed from the wolves down now to uh, seal rock. Okay. So 
first iteration of PvP in the video game is Wolves Den. Wolves Den is a 4v4 instance, which originally came out as uh, a time sink. So, for example, you'd go in... Uh, Q as one or Q as a team of two, three or four, uh, go up against another team of four, pitting everyone's abilities against each other. And basically you go in uh, very, very close, very intimate, very up in your face. Uh, if you know what you're doing, you're going to usually win. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be exploited and die. Uh, the time sink was the longer that you played, the more wolf marks you would gain huh. to get gear. Uh, the gear now has a new stat on it, which introduced morale into the game outside of debt, outside of defense, strength, vitality, everything else that we had known in PVE morale was introduced and morale is still a motherfucking mystery. So what the <laughs> hell it is, which is what it is, but morale, yeah, and it's changed, but morale is a stat that increases the amount of damage dealt, the amount of heals uh, done and decreases the amount of damage received. Um, the more morale you have, uh, the more, uh, uh, the better you are in the wolves den. That's literally the only only place that you're only better. place. Yeah, no, no place. front lines doesn't apply to. Oh, it right. does actually work in wolves den though. Yeah, it works in wolves yeah, den. Yeah, it does. And actually, it only works in the wolves den. Only works in non-synced wolves den. And that only uh, that's what Morel did back before they changed it. Correct. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Correct. Okay. This, that was the yeah. I like Wolves Den though. I feel like that's the kind of PvP that you're used to from a lot of MMOs. Is you have four people, or like even one versus one, two versus two. It's like four people. You queue up with your friends and you go beat the shit out of some other people. Like I that's... like that. And my only complaint is that if you could guarantee without having to like pick French at a specific time of day as your language <laughs> to guarantee that like if I wanted to face against four other people, Here like say my go. static. We could take half of my static, the tank a healer and two DPS, and the other tank healer and two DPS, and guarantee that we can like go up against each other for fun. That's the kind of PvP that. And I that like. was that was really Correct. the problem with it is that you could you could easily cheese the system, which a lot of people did, and a lot of people got even more upset about it. And uh, well, I, I think the problem is is what Nick is saying is is that there isn't an option to be like I want like the, the only reason that you can cheese the system is because nobody does it. That's why you get guaranteed yeah, yeah. to put in with if, each if other. If there was different options like the duty one where it's with everybody or like an option for like unranked or for like not as many wolf marks or something where you can fight your friends yeah. or something like like that. like if you could actually go and you know what the, that whole 1v1 thing right if they would let you if there was a place at the actual wolves den where you can go to where you can click on a little glowing thing and get transported into an instance to do 1v1 2v2 whatever with people you actually know who cares if there's no rewards people would use that yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. people i mean people choose it right now is because there is the uh, challenge log every week where if you yes. get so many wolves and wins then you get xp and all that and wolf marks and stuff right and so my uh Surin actually has a pvp flames link shell where people will at certain mm -hmm. times of the week win trade Yep. And they will queue up together. One for Blasphemy. Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so, but that's really the only way you can make those challenge logs now because nobody's doing it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, that's so, so with... From, from being very alive in the beginning where everybody who wanted a PvP would flood in, queues would pop almost instantly on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, like literally as soon as you were done, you'd pop back in and pop back in and pop back in. And the, the issues that we have in the current system did not exist because there was only one section of play. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty unfortunate how uh, how deserted the whole thing is. And uh, so with uh, with the next, uh, you know, with the next iteration of PVP, uh, we saw them open it up from eight total participants to 72. So just going from one to the other. A small increase. To yeah, be sure. small. Total, yeah, just tiny, tiny little bit. Uh, so we got frontline secure. I think that's probably even with Seal Rock, the event that more the most people have done and are probably familiar with so uh the frontline secure was uh you know sort of like capture the point there was a large king of the hill right? yeah king, yeah. king of right. the king of the hill and uh um there was uh there was the, the 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 nodes that would spawn in the center to help give it a little bit more flavor where getting to the nodes and killing them gave you bonus points right mm-hmm. yes yeah and uh that's that i would say that's the vast majority of people's context with uh with front lines you, you know you had a uh combined limit break bar uh i mean what, what else what else were uh unique features of uh of front lines that uh we haven't seen repeated in uh slaughter or uh, seal rock well, Frontlines introduced the objective-based uh, battle. So you're not going in with a very small, intimate team of four. You're now going in with six times, pardon me, uh, yeah, six times the amount of people. And you're going in with an objective. It's not just go in and kill everybody else. You're going to go in and, and try to accomplish a task, which is kill this, kill this, hold this place. And it introduced strategy of a different level, a different dynamic of strategy into PvP. Additionally, it took away that elitist aspect where... Um, in terms of gear, where you could go in the Wolves Den and have I-90 Wolves Den gear and kill people with I-110 PvE gear, now it's I-80 synced. So they leveled the playing field and introduced a lot more people to what PvP was in Final Fantasy fourteen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Teamwork. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, and 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 it. I would say that it actually turned a lot of people off from PvP, right? Like, uh, in the end, a lot, you know, most people ended up, uh, you know, having their very first, uh, very first, uh, encounter with PvP in Frontline Secure, and a lot of people had problems with it. Correct. Uh, and then, and, and, and as a result, never went back for slaughter. Yeah. And that's, that's what, one of the things that I talk about a lot is that, that, uh, the person that has some type of interest or a very yeah very small amount of interest in what is this new t- new version of gameplay like what is PvP all about what is this slaughter what is this I'm gonna go try it out and they enter this arena full of people that are yelling at them full of people that are barking <laughs> demands I have absolutely no clue I'm confused I'm scared I'm frightened like what do I do that's and my then, experience with correct <laughs> and it, it, like, it repels a lot of people and specifically in this community which is a very loving PVE based community somebody to come into that place which is so far from home so far from what they're used to it it turns away a lot of people outside of those very competitive very determined you know very team oriented very a type personality individuals like like the people that i play pvp with yeah you know well, one of the other problems with Slaughter, too, was by that point, a lot of people had already maxed out their PvP rank, had everything that they wanted, and when they came up mm-hmm. with Slaughter, they didn't introduce more ranks, so really Correct. the only reason for doing it was to do it. Okay, tell me the difference between Frontline Secure and Frontline Slaughter. <laughs> okay, so, the difference between Secure and Slaughter, which was retroactive, it was just Frontlines, then they added the two different types. Secure, you go in and it's objective-based. Slaughter, you go in and the main objective, the main way to score points is by killing people. Say it's right there in the name. Is the objective yeah. still there, though? Like, do you still have to no. hold the points? And no. Like, no, no, no. It's no, literally no. just killing. It's correct. The right main in the change. name. 
the main secure. change is they remove those uh, those positions to hold and, and gain points uh, with killing, and they added buffs. So, for example, in the beginning of the match, everyone will run into the large tower in the center of the Cardinal Flats, and everyone will fight Hunger over. Games. Yeah, it's really cool. Everyone go groups up at the top. And there's one large node. Now, whoever kills and whoever destroys does the most damage to that node will receive a two minute haste buff for their entire alliance, which is the entire 24 people. And that's a huge benefit. Like it's an incredible benefit. It's not going to change the game. It's not going to win or make or break because it's one and many other things are implemented. Um, but that's a huge thing from there. There are going to be three nodes that spawn around the outside, which are going to increase the damage that you do. So there's another level of strategy. How quick can you get to that node? How much damage can can you do are you going to be just doing damage or are you going to be gimping other people by putting them to sleep and stunning them or whatever then how are you going to manage getting around to the outside They're very different levels of strategy and like it's very difficult to like learn this in one match like you have to be dedicated from there there's one more large node that spawns in the middle which is an hp node it increases your maximum hp and then from there it's an all-out race to the finish whoever can score most points through kills wins the match there you go. I mean, so there is a tiny, a tiny bit more strategy involved in it than what uh, Juxta described to us no. one time, which was everybody g- gathers up into the middle, and then you see everybody kind of, kind of stepping forward, then going back and stepping forward, and and the first person to go too far and just get nuked to shit just starts out the all out slaughter. Correct. Like, there's uh, this is the this is like honestly the thing that I like beat myself up over most is like not get putting the time and effort into finding a way to do the PvP videos with the subtle nuances of how intricate the system can be because like the biggest difference between frontlines uh, secure and frontline slaughter was that the major DPS class that shined in secure was melee dps and that completely switched when slaughter was introduced and that it showcased the opposite aspect of the game where it went from uh, melee to ranged and now black mages are op now summoners are op doing incredible amounts of damage and getting all the kills in the world like those are it was a huge change in the game from somebody like me specifically like a dragoon i would go in and just die and die and die my first slaughter match was ridiculous i thought i sucked i was like what the hell happened like why are they introducing this game where i suck like i can't do this you were a dragoon i mean (laughs) (laughs) Uh, shots fired uh, bang bang it's all good i switched to black mage and i i like my best ever match was uh 18 and one. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, like yeah. That's, it was very yeah. fun. So, so uh, with uh, with the introduction of Seal Rock, they changed things up again quite a bit, uh, yes. and and uh, uh, introduced some new concepts into Seal Rock. Everyone seems to be queuing for it. A lot of people seem to be having more fun with Seal mm-hmm. Rock than they did uh, with the Cartano maps. Uh, so, uh, Joe, what what kind of indication do you have uh, in terms of like the participation in Seal Rock? Do you feel like Seal Rock is going to be in the long term? more healthy for the game or or do you think that in you know like uh, another two months when we don't see another pvp update that uh you know that that it'll be just as vacant as secure and slaughter uh, for me personally like i and i don't know if this is confirmed or not but there's been lots of talk about it are we not getting 8v8v8 8 8 8 pvp anytime soon I've heard, I don't you, know I've, heard, that I've heard anything. I've heard no mention of it. No, I okay. think the only time you get that is Surrey when there's no... managed to have a few of it happen, and it's, like, really fun and cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. When it does happen in... Well, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. 8v8 Wolves Den is what I heard. Oh, 8v8 oh. Wolves Den. No, I, I haven't 
Haven't heard anything about that. But uh, but when it does happen in in uh, you know like a map yeah. like Frontlines, it is fun. But it also does feel like that map is way 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 too big Especially for that. Especially for of, secure or slaughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we're saying we're saying this now after twenty four man f- secure and slaughter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that was ridiculous. It's right, just um, the worst. For me, like what I what I really enjoy is that they got they listened to a lot of what the community was saying about the current system of PvP in Final Fantasy. So, uh, like for example, if they had done a direct um, uh, user poll of the people that were playing lots of PvP in Final Fantasy with the people that were like very involved in it, like for people like me, um, and they asked what were the issues with the current system of PvP, they listened to that. The system, uh, the uh, uh, the arena was too big. Uh, there was not enough fighting. Um, I don't want to necessarily uh, be objective based. Like, how can we change this up? It's different for me, like to have an RNG based system of PVP. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's very different. Did they get it right? I don't think so. But did they get it better? Yes. Um, and additionally, they created a system that is now not just based for PVP. Like there are a lot of people queuing for PVP right now that are looking to get their esoterics. Yeah, they normally PvP. wouldn't. Yeah, Correct. right. And yeah, it's like it's like forcing them to be exposed to PVP. So now for the people that are spending those fifteen minutes on fifteen minutes on fifteen minutes, like I, I really can't see them not wanting to get involved and not wanting to get better and not wanting to be a part of a team that could score double the points or score. Um, uh, get tripled the wolf marks by just doing a little bit of teamwork or by listening to somebody that knew what the hell was going on. Yeah, I can speak to that. I mean, obviously, my main goal when going into PvP is glamour and to get esotomes. But if I could win more, I absolutely would. And and the times that I can be bothered to actually participate, I do have fun. Um, I think I'd be better as a uh, caster than a melee a lot of the time. But one of the big <laughs> things that I saw having participated in quite a few front lines for the exact same reasons uh, in, in secure was every secure match was exactly the same yeah and you could say you know going into uh into steel rock too well it's 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 still the same you know in theory sort of but those the way that those nodes exactly pop, you have to react exactly to that. It, you you're do not just standing around in one spot okay you defend a you defend c and now you guys roam right yeah no 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 totally and mm-hmm. and and with the with the kind of dynamic nature of where the nodes end up popping the really really cool thing is that like it, uh, some matches like it's just a, you're gonna get fucked by RNG. You know what I mean? Yeah, like really, I, really badly. And that's yeah. the thing. That's actually a good thing because really now bad. like players have like a different place to direct all their rage. It's instead of oh my team was just terrible, I had no chance to win. Right. Now, and now it's all oh, RNG fucked us. Well, we'll do better next time. <laughs> and next that, time we won't have bad and it RNG. It also gives right. people a little bit more fair of a chance if you do have a bad team, but then you get lucky with the RNG. Then. Yeah, it's happened both ways for me. I mean, well, and and not only that, but I mean, it can really turn the tide of a match. Oh yep. hell yeah! Yep. I've been up five hundred before with like the other ones under a hundred, and then suddenly they get like all these A's and S's, and we get jack shit. Yep. 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 Just, I mean, just because, you know, two nodes spawn in your general area that you're able to defend in the first five mm-hmm. minutes does not mean that you're going to hold down that whole match. Yep. Nope. Absolutely not. That is not guaranteed. Um, and I like that. I yeah. like that aspect of quick, it. Quick question aside, because I wanted to, I, 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 you know, really wanted to answer this question and I want to forget it. How close are you, Joe, to the hand of mercy? I am not close. At all? Oh. Oh, hand of mercy kills? Yeah. Yeah. That's like 5,000 PVP kills. Oh, I oh, pardon me. I uh, <laughs> I'm I'm steadily progressing. Nice, I'm steadily progressing. I'm averaging. I mean, the last time I did my own stats, like 
I'm averaging like six or seven kills per match, which is like really fucking solid. Yeah, I, that's that's not too bad. Do you actually do you have do, do you have a number? I don't know. I don't know if you're sitting in game. I have. Or not, I actually have. I'm not sitting in game right now. But, all right. Uh, all I've right. gotten like I think it's it's the first first two items or first three items. I'm not sure. Wow. Right. Oh, cool. Now that, that only counts if you get the killing. Yes. Blue, right. You have. Yeah. To what if you go well. in as healer because nobody wants to play healers in PvP because everyone kills you then first? You are not. So if you're a, a healer, you're never going to get that. Right? No. No, it's going to nope. be very difficult. And don't they, be hand they, or don't be healing. They've removed, they've removed the beautiful, you know, the OP fluid aura from the top shelf in the center <laughs> tower, which is my favorite, favorite, favorite move in the entire game. But uh, uh, the out of height, like you can't die from falling off anymore in, uh, oh. in Seal Rock. But healers are not going to be getting major kills like they used to. Holy spam is yeah. is, is very rare. You're yeah, gonna, maybe you're maybe that's something that we'll see change because, I mean, come on, like 5,000 killing blows? Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Deep. Like, yeah. like, that's really it, steep. It really is. And I think that, that if, if you contribute damage to someone, that, you know, you should get credit for that kill. At least if it's like a certain amount of damage or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. true, true. Okay. Yep. It's, it's, it is frustrating. Like, I have a video, I have a video on my YouTube for my second match ever in, on Seal Rock and I went 12 and 3. And if you watch like the full progression of that video, my first life was very short-lived my second life i was 10 and 0 on that life my last life i killed one person but there were from the amount of people that i did damage to that did like maybe 60 to 80 percent of their hp it was huge like i should have had like 17 18 kills in that match but the way that the system is based is the last the literally last blow it could be a dot tick it could be anything yeah that wow. fucking summoner casting death flare straight up oh, you know? fucking death flare oh my god <laughs> yeah summon summoners are kill jacking the shit out of this new <laughs> system I, I, dude, I love it uh, uh, and that's that's the other notable thing is that Seal Rock is capped at sixty uh, front lines. That it's capped at fifty, yep. uh, so you'll have access to abilities in Seal Rock that you wouldn't in uh, in yes. front lines. So that's notable. And then the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to touch on real quick uh, is uh, it, you know, and and sometimes this is a bit of an overlooked aspect by uh, more casual PvP players. But uh, Joe, I'm sure that you can speak to how clutch these are. Is your pvp exclusive abilities yes yes all right real um, quick before we get into those pvp abilities we have uh Arcus. don't do that what no don't do that what how long have you been doing this how long have you been doing oh, we, no. we just we just i just asked a new question and <laughs> and and went to went to it just changed the subject it you wait until the subject is done not before i just ask it if only well, he had you, like a drop you that he could play me? to alert us that there is a caller. Are you shitting me? I've been, I've been trying to get in this caller for a while now. You're sitting in the room. <laughs> you have no reason that you can't jump <laughs> in edgewise. Uh, oh my I was god! Say, what usually you, what usually stops you? Usually nothing stops you. Use you, a hand like, signal, hey guys. Use a hand I'm gonna signal. Be a dick now. Send a Skype message. Do something. Jesus Christ! We'll take the caller after Joe gets to respond to. Uh, to to my point, so uh, yeah. which I don't even remember what the fuck that was. Great job, Jokers. Abilities, PvP specific, specific abilities. Thank now, you. Th this is a system that's been in place since uh, Wolves Den, and now it adds a whole another a little bit of a uh, an extra dynamic in the game where every class has their own specific abilities. Like I'll do dragoon abilities, for example. There's an ability where you can throw your weapon, which is going to apply a twenty percent or a buffed. Now these abilities can be buffed too. Um, and a buffed ability, 20% or 40%, and then there's like a third stance which can uh, increase the, 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 the detrimental status length. Um, 
every class has their own specific abilities. Healer gets extra heals. Healer yep. gets an insta raise. Like these are all things that uh, are not going to like make or break and make mm-hmm. one class extremely OP, but they're going to be very helpful in specific Super instances. Super fun too. Knockbacks, stuns, yes. binds. Uh, these are Ninja really- has a gap closure that I love using. Yes, very very cool and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Summoner has a uh, has an ability it's, which uh, reduces your range, an opposing person's range. Because that's very unique. That's unique. And the cool <laughs> not, thing not about entirely this, useful. As, as you progress from zero to forty or zero to forty-five, and now from zero to fifty, every four levels you get the chance to level up one of those abilities. Mm-hmm. And then the way that you play PvP is based off of how you're going to allocate those stats into your build. Oh, so everyone's not the same. Correct. And what, what I really concept. like about them too is as you level them up, it's not just like right, at level one it does this, two it does this, three it does this. Like they'll have two or three different levels, but you get to choose which right. of those perks you want in whatever yep. order. Oh, that's you want. cool. I didn't know it's that. Just, it's just very cool. Like it's it's mm-hmm. all based on how you play the character like for me yep. i i like to have a white mage leveled i haven't finished mine yet i like to have a white mage leveled i like to have a black mage and i like to have a dragoon for pvp and the way that i play that class is all based off of how i play so for example on white mage there's an ability that is called mana draw which gives you an extra 20 percent of your or 25 percent of your mp instantly uh there's another one that uh increases or decreases the recast time increases from 25 percent to 50 percent and then something else but i don't need only these other two i just need the extra mp so i use the third stat i use the extra i don't want it to go from 25 percent to 50 percent and then i will not use the extra eight points that i need to buff the other two i just need that one yep mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i agree too there's some of the stuff that i look at i'm like that eh, that's just so useless i'd rather get something different Exactly. <laughs> but then somebody, there are some abilities everyone has, though, right? That like get rid of status effects and that kind of stuff, right? Some everyone, like, some, purify. Some, that's has that's purify. a pretty pretty common one. Yeah, everyone has Ev- purify. Everyone, everyone has, has purify. purify. Yeah. So some people have uh, recuperate. Some people don't. Um, like warrior, for example, has our tanks have a really cool ability, which is uh, that's a heavy heavy swing or something like that. It increases uh, damage dealt on a target by twenty five percent. Now. All of those things in the individual are awesome, but when you can incorporate that next level of competitivity or a uh, uh, party competition, um, if you can incorporate the next level, like if you're on team speak with somebody else who's playing and you have a warrior and a dragoon and a bard, oh, if yes. I can put up disembowel and they can put up weapon throw or heavy swing, whatever it is, and that bard can drop damage on it, like you're you're gonna die, and that separates the people that are just coming in on that very surface level to somebody who's a veteran or somebody who's ready to stomp on your head. Yeah. Speaking um, of that, though, if you're a, a basic level, which is the best PvP to start on, or should I just? Are they all horrible, and I'm going to be completely overwhelmed no matter which one I pick? The tough thing about PvP right now is that whenever the new version comes out, that is the only version you can play yeah. outside of the new version of Roulette, because now Roulette will overflow uh, into Secure and into Slaughter. When Very rarely, though. I mean, I have not experienced. Yes. The, I've seen it happen. With uh, yeah, I have. I, I, I've, I've, it's happened a lot. I play a lot of PvP. It happens. It happens more often than you think. But speaking to Joe's worst. experience, though, I mean, I haven't got to to coordinate that well with anyone in, in FF specifically. But when me and uh, me and Justice Beneficiary uh, played World of Warcraft, and we do two v two between my Shadow Priest and her Hunter, we could keep something like silence and, and like spell locked for up to 11 seconds between the two of us. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, it's one of those things like one V one, I have one, one V one video that I had. I, I one V one another Dragoon, which is so sick, but like when you use your abilities and how you use your abilities is going to make the difference. So again, for the person who's just coming in and fooling around to somebody who's spent the time and the effort into getting good at it, it's, it's a vast difference. Like I got brought down to 12% HP while that guy had 75% HP. And because I knew how to drop my stuns correctly, I beat him. Like I came back from almost death and I just, now all I can do is go into Steel Rock and just hope I can figure out how to play at this Pretty point. Pretty much. I mean, you, you'll catch on pretty easily. Um, Joe, uh, for anyone wanting to 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 check out the, those videos, though, they should what just search like Mosh Pit for two Joe's Romantic Encounters. Uh, yes, that's exactly. <laughs> it's it's it's, an, un, it's uncanny how you have my website. Just, <laughs> um, for hold on one sec, I can drop a link up in here. That but. was a jump joke, guys. There you go. Well, or, or uh, your YouTube account. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, uh, you, you know, just search uh, Joe Never search, Fails on YouTube. Search it's Joe Fails zero nine. There you go. There's also uh, I'm sure Kooky Bell will drop a link in there too. Yeah, Kooky's usually pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right, now that we're done talking about PvP abilities, oh, wait, do you want to? You want to? You want to go into something else? I understand we have a caller on the line. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to go into something else first? No, Jeff no. said, "Don't be a dick." Now, okay. Oh, I'm a dick ninja. So uh, we have Outcast, uh, Outcast, Ditus, Dices, uh, Fairy on the line. Uh, welcome to uh, Limit Break Radio, Outcast. How you doing? Hey guys, what's up? Uh, thanks for calling the show. Uh, what uh, what kind of questions do you have about uh, PvP? Um, it's not so much questions. I just uh, I actually work in the gaming industry, and um, what's funny is I love PvP. Like it's so I just I love it. I, I love, love you. People. I love so you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a budding bro, man. This is, this is going so well. Fantastic relationship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my actually, so it's just with a Final Fantasy game like PvP, even in eleven, it never got. Like the time of day, I felt like like the, your, just your, the different, oh, just the different modes were yeah. so half-assed. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, uh, 11's PvP was uh, was cute. Dig up the rocks, throw them in the rooks. It leaves yeah, a lot to be, cute. It left a lot to be desired. Let's put it that Exa- way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think 14's the same way. Like the, I think the main focus of the game is definitely PVE mm-hmm. and and the storyline, which Final Fantasy game totally should be that way. But I, I I would love to see just some more focus and maybe some more resources put onto PvP. And just from a development standpoint, I I don't want to be on that PvP team. Like testing and balancing <laughs> just sounds like a friggin' nightmare. Like what, especially what, what, like someone someone brought up capture the flag earlier. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's three teams now. What so if there's one flag in the middle? everybody's going to go for it. When one team picks it up, you're fighting off two teams. Well, and you know what? While the whole grand company dynamic is fun and on certain levels, you know, someone said that that it, it helps promote the world building. That is unfortunately one of the downfalls of only letting people queue for their grand company. I mean, yeah, one of the other true. problems you see too is, you know, adders get in in under a minute, whereas Maelstrom and Flames have to wait 45. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely... Depending on data server, depending. Yeah, depending yeah. on data server. And it is... It's, it seems to be uh, a bit of a structural problem that Square Enix hasn't found a good way of addressing. But uh, let me go. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, and actually pose this question uh, to to you, uh, Outcast. Is uh, you know since you're a game developer and you would actually have a good idea of what would be required system side to properly balance events like this, what kind of considerations is Square Enix making or under when trying to balance PvP versus? 
PVE because they did say that that was a large consideration and why they couldn't yeah. do one v one matches. So with PVP, uh, it's just it's it's a whole different thing. Like it mm-hmm. it requires iteration time, right? So it's mostly it's people sitting in a circle. And just being like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? What about this? And sometimes you can be like, well, this will be an issue. Like, that'll be unbalanced. You kind of just off the top Stuff of your head. Stuff you know, you know, yeah, just right yeah, away. You, you know, can see. may or may not work based on other games, right? But then there's sometimes it's just like, hey, let's just try this. And But then you have to iterate on it. You have to find out if it's going to suck or not, or if it's going to be fun, or if it's going to be imbalanced. PvE, they just hop in the freaking match, and they're just like, hey, if I eat this AoE, are we going to wipe? We are? Cool. It's hard enough. Awesome. Like, testing for PvE like iteration time is so much lower and then you also throw in you also throw in the fact that player skill like player yeah. skills is yeah totally different for pvp compared to pve player skill you really like, and when you have uh when you're trying to test for pvp balance you have to have like full teams for each side well, to yeah. actually be able to yeah, see I, if and, something is too good or in not. pve you know how the computer is going to react because you programmed it but in pvp there's just so many different variables that you couldn't possibly account for exactly and that's that you know and they run into that with shooters and stuff like that which is why they always have you know tons of qa testers for stuff like call of duty to just basically all they do is play matches all day it's just mm-hmm. like Oh, play matches. Send us I would love bugs. to be on that development team, by the way. I would love I would <laughs> play all day and get paid for it. I would yeah. love to. Yeah. Well, back when well, I played WoW too, one of the big things like when, when Blizzard talks about their PvP development too, is there's one of two ways to go about it. And that is that everything, you know, all the tools that you have in PvPE, you can use in PvP. But then it's twice as long to balance them. And they could just go, well, okay, well, when you go into PvP then... Uh, you know, it changes your moves. They're the same moves, but they have a whole different set of rules in PvP, but it's still just as much development time because now every move has to do two different things in two different instances. Right, and balancing that stuff usually isn't that big of a deal. It's literally just editing a file somewhere. Like, it's not hard to change those values, but the balancing part takes iteration time. It takes testing. It takes... Like you need you need people who are stupid good. You need people who are stupid bad. Like, it, and you have to find that because so, because participants mean. run the gamut, you're going to get so yes. so yeah. if they just hire Joe and Juxa, they'll be yeah. fine then. <laughs> Boom. Yes and yes and no. So both this, good? Is, this is funny. I was talking. <laughs> this, we were talking about this with my with my my boss the other day. Like when we play test, we we at the studio I work at, we're working on a, like a bunch of different shooters right now. And uh, is one of them Call of Duty Six? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're actually at nine uh, now. <laughs> wink, wink. I saw him wink, guy. <laughs> you mean no uh-huh. uh, the, uh, <laughs> no the uh, yeah but we play test um, a couple times a week with publishers and stuff like that and I'll, they don't like it when I play um, some of people <laughs> don't like it when I play they call me a, I get called a tryhard all the time I'm just like guys I, I've played Counter-Strike since I was like 12 so <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do I can't I'm not the thing is I'm not trying so it's just they like, want you to get then, b- bad get bad get bad they're like dial it down and then occasionally I do have, you know, they'll be like, oh, this other publisher that you, Bigwig is coming in to play with us, so don't kill him too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that is oh, amazing. That, that is, actually that was, happens. That's so cool. That's fantastic. That was actually a thing. It was just like, be nice. It, was, it just kept getting said over and over, and I was like, okay, I'll just sit here. That's I literally funny. just found that guy and ignored him the whole match. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would round. see him, and I'd just be like, you could be dead right now. I'm just going to walk away, though. That's amazing. The fourth round yeah. Brad Pitt snatch <laughs> moment. <laughs> well, and, and then, yeah, we were, we were talking... We we actually had we had a Mario Kart tournament yesterday, and we were talking about this. And 
my our CEO was like, yeah, I actually appreciate that you come in and play every once in a while because we do need to see those see that like how the balance fares when people actually know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, that and that that is that is important because there is a large, significant player base out there like Joe, who's dedicated to maximizing everything yeah. that they can do in an event like PvP. And you have to make sure that it is balanced for, you know, to to properly reward those players. Um, you know, like you you don't you don't want to develop. You don't want to go through uh, the time to develop a system and then have an otherwise good player or, or great player of uh, of your you know PVE suddenly get into PVP and suck all kinds of hell you know like that should it sh- they shouldn't automatically suck going into PVP but they shouldn't also automatically be gods by virtue of their gear and right. so that yes. ta- that's that's that takes very specific balancing and and uh, again the idea of rewarding skill is something that seems to be front and center in PVP that's not yes. necessarily necessarily front yeah. and center in pve now yeah, i'm sitting for, here for, nodding like an idiot like you can see me <laughs> <laughs> sorry we do the same thing yeah, yeah we do we, we do. raise our hands sometimes <laughs> for for me like from a, from somebody who loves the pvp like it's tough because like i understand there's like an a queuing algorithm and there's a development <laughs> algorithm yeah. and all these other things but like for me i just i don't understand why it has to be such a complicated problem like i really do not understand why we cannot just create like number one we've been boxed into We've been boxed into a lore-based queuing system. Yeah. Why not unbox it? We've been uh, set up in a position where there's a lot of highly skilled players and a lot of people that we just want to come in for esoterics. Keep it, split it, put a ranking system. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are some very yeah. simple solutions to all of this, but because of the dynamic of the game that we play, because it's PVE-based, um, there's some things that we're just never going to see implemented yeah, can, in the speed that we want them. Now, Exactly. It, I can almost you know? guarantee you that's exactly what it is, that they yeah. spend most of their resources on PVE. Correct. Because that's that's where, you know, all their most of their eggs are, honestly. Yeah. But, but yeah, like totally. for people like me, like my I, I firmly believe that a lot of my stream, like it's dedicated to raising PvP awareness in this game, and like mm. I, I I really think that if they're if they're if they want to be based in that, like let's see where the business plan is from a development standpoint as a business, uh, where can we keep the in, where where can we stay in the black? Why would you not exploit the super highly competitive? world of warcraft like competitive oh market. yeah like, i mean they, there's people out there not... that make money doing that right exactly like the advertising money like the the uh the competition money tickets like a venue like why would that not be something so fucking E-sports. exciting that people exact oh my god well it, you know and and this is really interesting this was one of the quotes from one of the articles that we actually didn't uh directly reference uh when we were talking about news from out of gamescom but one of the things that they had said was that savage they view savage Coil as competitive as their main competitive arc, and yeah. and I mean it, it, they they kind of drew less than one percent. <laughs> they kind of drew a line to to esports in the way that people have to you know practice form you know. Uh, the uh, chat form, thing the stream went down. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh, yeah. That's interesting. Well, uh, we're we're still we're we're still live. Uh, we, we still have the show, uh, but uh, uh, you know we're we're fine. We we still the recording will be unaffected even if there is something going on with the uh, with the stream. So it's we, for me, like when when you say something like when you say something like that, is that being the most competitive? It's like okay, we're going to have a competitive triathlon or a competitive boxing match. They're both sport, yes, but it's a very different 
it's a very different audience who's going to watch one and the other. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like, I like that you said triathlon because that's exactly what like when they say PVP PVE is a competition. It's that's that's what the competition is. It's a race. Exactly. Who can get this done first? Yeah, but totally. I feel like that's really kind of poor planning on their part because once the race is done it's done versus like uh pvp like if you build that up that's like an ongoing tournament event type of thing like i agree you're only going to watch the olympics once every four years you're not going to watch triathlons every day for the rest of your life you know like you might want to get involved in like i want i might i watch ufc once a week you know what i mean like that's that's something that's very very uh impressive to me yeah, and, and in terms of esports too, I mean, when you look at the way that that world firsts work, you know, this this is weeks and weeks and sometimes months worth of of competition. You know, you 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 can't replicate that in a tournament form. You can't just nope. bring in all these raid teams. Like, all right, here's a new raid, go. You have the rest of the night. Like, it no, it doesn't work yeah, the same way. It, it- if you're going to do it that way, like if you're really going to have, if somebody's going to stand behind that statement, then invite the top FCs, invite the top raid statics, and create a fucking 100% unique instance that only they can play. And now that would that. be cool, and that would be something completely new as well. Yeah, like a like, reality TV show out of it. You know what I mean? Like, well, like I think I think a, a, a tournament ranking designation in the duty finder would be something that's very. I mean, like that's that's all that it would be needed to be to get that done. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are other systems that you have to put into place for that to to really fully have full functionality and and be properly rewarding but uh yeah i i think that that would be a pretty good solution into uh splitting because you know there are people who are just going to run it for isotones and then once it's not the highest output for isotones they're going to move on to yeah, doing something there else. has to be other exactly. reasons to do it especially when you've capped out your rank as well yeah bring out new gear and, and in fact and not just gear either i mean obviously through uh, uh achievements now you can get some titles or mounts or whatnot um but you know what as much as i don't want to say this i know that i'm never going to be able to get it, get it you know bring out more exclusivity you yeah, know more yeah, yeah. more mounts like for example in wow they have they actually have pvp seasons and when you score like in you know the top percentile or whatever you get mounts or titles that nobody's ever gonna get again yeah ex- you know? digital exclusivity this is an idea that um i you know like i've I, I, i've been kind of looking at it in an academic way but digital exclusivity is a really interesting thing that's starting to come around where you know you'll have artists who in in days past they would uh you know record like a, an ep and they'd get a very small pressing of it you know a thousand on on vinyl and they would put that out and only super dedicated fans would be able to oh, get yeah. it and and have that experience and uh you know like the less dedicated fans it wouldn't you know it would be meh whatever it's not a big deal you know i don't need to experience everything it's fine but digital exclusivity we we find that you know because an mp3 is so easy to copy let's just put you two on everybody's you on everybody's ipod digital media (laughs) digital media is so easy to to copy that you know anytime you put anything digitally uh it it just it it multiplies everywhere world at that point but if you you know if you have either a high skill cap uh, that that is required to be able to get something, or if you only make it available for a limited window of time, much like some of the FF thirteen exclusive crossover stuff, you know uh, the the um, uh, Flappy Bird, no the the uh, seasonal events uh, stuff like that. I mean they they've gone back and like you can get some of the old items, but digital exclusivity is something that Square Enix has 
has not even bothered to try even to even with collectors editions now you can just digitally upgrade whenever you want to yeah yeah and 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 that's i think that that's a big part of why people play mmos is so that they can have something that only nine other fucking people have and that's not then ju- not just for three months you know what i mean like or, or three weeks as in the case of uh, ff14 outcast thank you so much for the call man it was Hell so, yeah man it was yeah, so fantastic man. questions dude yeah it was so interesting uh to to hear your sp- uh perspective as a, as a game developer and just a word of caution i heard this past week that a nintendo employee got fired for appearing on a podcast so don't tell your bosses <laughs> that, don't tell you didn't okay. name drop anything don't so. don't nobody, yeah nobody don't, in my studio plays this game just me <laughs> don't yeah don't don't name drop to your bosses that you appeared on a podcast He's this like, week everybody in my like, studio plays kinda, real games yeah, just um, just hedge that bet a little bit we're so, kind of a big just, deal <laughs> just real quick i'm reluctant to say this because 95 percent of the time i agree with uh what yoshi releases as far as development time and stuff like that but dueling he's full of shit that shit would be so easy to do yeah oh, I, <laughs> oh my god there you go there you go and, she's uh, calling you out yoshi st- straight from a developer <laughs> that, that's bullshit bullshit uh anyway outcast thank you so much and uh and and we we hope that you'll call back again mm-hmm. sure thing all right, so uh, if you'd like to call Limit Break Radio, uh, send a Skype message over to Limit Break Radio or give us a call 810-515-8715 if you would like to talk about PvP. Uh, now, we're about an hour and a half uh, through this show. We'll probably end up taking uh, another couple of calls before we end up wrapping up here. Uh, but to, to sort of put an end cap on PvP, because, you know, I, I, I'd say that uh, throughout this discussion, you know, we've, we've expressed that PvP in FF14 is pretty good. It's not as laughable and jokey as it was in FF11. Oh, uh, but it was a it, novelty in 11. It, it, it was horrible in 11, but you could still... No, you, you had fun with it. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was fun to do with your friends, but it was still a joke. Yeah, it, it was totally a joke. But it's yeah. but but it also, you know, we've also expressed that it also leaves a lot to be desired out of the event. So who, in your opinion, Joe, has... Uh, and, and really, to the entire room, to the entire studio, who has done PvP well in the MMO? arena uh well as much as obviously I, I i hate giving credit to them you know i did spend a lot of time with world of warcraft and you know what they did with pvp even though i might not have been the best at it uh I, i've always thought you know it, it was an entirely different side of the game you know we got just as much development time sometimes i feel as what uh as what pve did you know and i mean i had a lot of fun doing it so well, i would PvP say was wow. an instance right uh, no, that's like not. That's not. World? You know, that's not true. I didn't really, you know, mention the whole world PvP. You could obviously just PvP out in the world on certain servers, but no, yeah, they had instance PvP too. Uh, yeah. They they had you could duel anywhere. They had one v one dueling. They also had two v two, three v three, and five v five, and they had actual seasons and like com- competitive tournament play for those. So yeah, all three of those were supported in a variety of different arenas, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I could see something like that, like a four v four Wolves Den mm-hmm. tournament. Where every so often for like a week or so, when you queue for a wolf den, you get tournament points, kind of like triple triumph. Yeah, and then uh, and then they also had like like actual battlefields too, like capture the flags. They had uh, control the zones. Um, they had uh, secure like like objective based ones. They had their uh, uh, like League of Legend style one. Yeah, they had like WoW has a shit ton of different stuff, and it all stays relevant. Do they have different maps too? Yes, like, yeah, a lot of all maps, maps yeah. stay relevant. Wow. wow. Well, each map has like one objective, so. The one map is always going to be uh, capture the flag, right? Versus. Right, but people 
play like like they go through all of them. It's not like you know yeah. no one does play over you know uh, capture the flag anymore. And they have open world dueling. Exactly. Yes. They have everything That's and it all stays there. relevant. The only time that I've ever seen a map taken off was if uh, someone found some type of exploitable like glitch or something within an arena map that yeah, gave them an unfair advantage, then they lock it out. Sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, you know, I sort of feel like the only reason that FF14 is uh, a little bit hesitant to bring in 1v1 or open, uh, open world PvP is because it's another feature that would just be hijacked straight from WoW. And they've already got, you know, they've uh, they've been able to uh, mostly avoid the label of strict WoW clone. But see, here's my thing. Like, I, I hate that term WoW clone because they've come up with so many, you know, developments for the MMO genre that should be staple that it's not really fair to be like, oh, it's a WoW clone. I mean, you know, you invent the wheel. That's something that everybody should be fucking using now. Now we have wheel clones yeah. all over the place. So, like, <laughs> open world PvP, no, that doesn't make sense because, you know, grand companies, you know, we're not all enemies and shit like that. But it makes sense that, you know, if you're in a raid and someone rubs you the wrong way, you should be able to be like, you know what, put up or shut up. I mean, I, all fantastic stuff. This is like, I love this so much. I get so excited because, like, this is the type of stuff that PvP needs in the game. I think the whole reason why they're not focusing on it is because of the people that sub to this game and pay for it. There are not enough people that care. It will breed a toxic PvP. environment. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, to the point of wow, like, is that such a bad thing that we get more things like wow in Final Fantasy? Is that a bad thing? Like, no, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, who fucking cares whether it, it was it was from WoW? Like, I want to be able to play stuff like that well, keep it, in I'm, the game that I love. I only mention that. I only mention that. Oh, yeah, no, be- I know. Because, because uh, uh, FF14 1.0, every single decision in that game seemed to be, we don't want to be a WoW clone. Like, that that seemed to motivate so much of the thinking of that, of the design of that game. And now, admittedly, with A Realm Reborn, a lot of that has been reworked, and a lot of that thinking has been reversed. Great. And a lot of that I credit to Yoshi P. But I still feel like there's this sentiment going around like that's a thing that WoW has. So, you know, uh, let's try to find let's try to find a way to yeah. to kind of, you know, make See, it make it a little bit different. Throw a twist on it. You know? I think they yeah. can take tools from WoW so long as they don't start operating like WoW or having the same like game plan as what WoW does. Agree to Hundo P. Mm-hmm. The yep. The main thing for Joe, like the the biggest thing that I would want to see, whatever it is, whatever they do, is this is for Square Enix to stop taking that position of uh, I think some people aren't going to like it. You know yeah. what I mean? No, like, yeah, totally. Just dive in and commit yeah. to it. Which, like, which if you're going to be doing it, just do it right. Which again, going back to that quote that Yoshi P dropped earlier, that there, yeah, some of the shit that we're going to try is going to fail. I feel like now that they've established with the 2.0 in 3.0, they do have that opportunity. We've been saying that yeah. all the way since Salted Earth that they have the opportunity to change things up, and it's going to be a gigantic missed opportunity if they let that pass them by and and according to the comments uh, from yoshi p they're not going to do that which is great i think that's fantastic good for them it's the right design choice for this game and in the end it's gonna it's gonna end up serving them well but let's just hope that that's not a bunch of empty rhetoric because we that we hear that a lot from game companies oh we got a lot of stuff up our sleeve (laughs) we swear we've got a lot of stuff up our sleeve Mm -hmm. and and, and i'm so 
sorry if I'm a tad bit cynical about it at this point because I, I you know too often there's shit that gets promised that never ends up it's panning out. Nero's little heart yeah. been broken one too many times. It, you know, it's too hard to trust. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, um, uh, Nika, I know that you uh, actually interviewed a, a friend in regard to uh, Elder Scrolls Online, and, and actually this, today's uh, today's discussion. This is really this is actually really serendipitous because Joe, uh, you have just star- started. You just yeah. started playing Elder Scrolls. What yes, this I weekend? Did. Uh, yesterday. Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, Nika, spend some time with uh, with an Elder Scrolls Online player. Tell us, uh, what did they have to say about PvP and how uh, ESO might uh, might do it differently or do it better? Now, Elder Scrolls is very different than 14 simply because it's on a mega server. That means everyone's on the same server with just a billion instances to choose from. Right. Um, but you can switch instances at any time that you want. Um, but they could take from this in 14. I'm not sure if they'd like to do this, where they set... The the entirety of the world is generally PVE, but a few select zones are p- anything PVP goes in the entire zone. Yeah, which is something so like, WoW does too. Yeah, which and, and the, those zones are all the uh, the Cyrodiil uh, zones, and uh, I'm pretty sure that they're they all take place on the Cyrodiil continent. That's yeah, something the one like that. that. Yeah. But the the cool thing that she was telling me about it is that that even though they're PVP zones, there are also PVE content in those zones. So it's kind of like oh, there's a a, a dungeon, an open world dungeon. You're racing to the final boss. But there's another team also racing to that boss and you PvP each other along the way to try to be the first person to get to that boss at the end, which I thought that was kind of a neat, like, kind of immersion, sort of that, like, yeah, you're not the only even though your character is the main character, you're not the only one who wants to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. So you beat each other up to get that. And she kind of gave me the example of like even fetch quests. There are fetch quests inside of these PvP zones. And she's like, I kind of like the idea of, you know, finding someone's missing hatchet, but I have to do it while avoiding everyone who's trying to PvP oh. me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool at first until you just it's not. until you just want to collect your fucking bear carcasses, <laughs> but there's this high-level character who has nothing better to do except camp your fucking corpse for five hours at a fucking time. That sounds hilarious. But it, it, it really depends. That's why it's only the specific zones and the specific mm-hmm. quests. Yeah. I mean, if it's not for you, you can totally avoid that. It's not like you're on a, a PvP server where anywhere people can just knock you down. True, um, true. And, and the biggest part of it, and it, it comes down to incentive, and we're talking about nobody wants to do PvP on our game, but they have it so that the things, the gear and the abilities that you get, kind of like merit points in 11 that you get from PvPing in ESO, stay forever. You can get a trait from PvP points and use it in PvE. Oh. And that, that way people have more uh, variability too, based on which points you, which traits you put into your character. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually really interesting because it sounds like they've, they've, in, they've inserted a real incentive for people even who, to do both. who yeah, who, who mostly yeah. only participate in PvE events, but would be, uh, you know, they'd, they'd get something that would reward them for their P, for right. the Someone PvE like you who events out of PvP. Glamour, you right. know, for example, would right. still have a reason to do it. Right. And exactly. apparently even the gear that you get from it, like not only can you get gear from like the world bosses that you kill in those zones, but there's also gear from like points from defeating other players. And that gear is not better than other gear, but it's horizontal progression. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, this gear stat wise may be the same as that, but it enhances this or the other thing. And so that way, even when we talk about this game is so linear, but having more horizontal progression is kind of something we want. So that way, if you can get a piece of gear out of PvP, that's just as good as another piece, but just a few things different that you can take out of PvP and use in PvE, it's more incentive, I feel like. You know, as long as we're talking about gear and incentives and uh, and stuff like that, you know, I sort of feel like FF14 removed a lot of the incentive for repeated uh, PvP uh, um, uh 
you know, queuing or, or, oh, or yeah. repeated PvP uh, once uh, interaction. Your, once you have your with, glamour and your ranks, there's no reason to. Unless yeah, you by by go. by removing the uh, the the rank requirement from the lower levels of the PvP gear, uh, a lot of people, yeah, just want to do that stuff for glamour. And like I had said on a previous episode, I probably would have done a lot of PvP grinding, a lot of rank grinding to be able to equip those or to be able to glamour those. And they just you know just gave them to you. They just just outright gave them to you, which uh, I think murders the incentive to... to now, now, had the newer gear been as cool as the old one, obviously, you'd want to get caught up for that. Or cooler, but, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's not really bad. Joe, how do you feel about them re- removing the uh, rank requirement from the older uh, PvP gear? I mean, it's the same type of thing that I feel about the Zeta weapons today. Like, it's that big feeling of, like, why the hell did I invest those hours in it if I had known it was going to be easier later on? Like, yep. I, I pride myself on being able to say, like, when this content came out, I was server first snake leash or I was server first uh, lion leash gear. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Whatever it was, just so I could see it. Like, people saw me and that those feelings of, like, yo, I did this. I put the time in. Yo, where the hell did you get that gear? I right. got it in PvP. You know what I mean? Like, all that. that that type of thing if now for people to just come in and get it it's frustrating to me like even to know like we're going to get a little bit of uh, an advantage in the zeta weapon that's great you know what i mean i love that because people spent millions of gil and countless hours investing in something that they loved now it's accessible to someone who just wants it right you know what i mean and right not willing to go through what i went through in terms of the PvP gear, though, they still have to get the wolf marks in order to buy it, right? And that doesn't mean they can that, only just you know jump well, into PvP well, one time and get all the does, gear. That but doesn't d- take d- long to do. Yeah, the d- no. The difference is you could only get it at level thirty, mm-hmm. and the the time that it took to get from level one to level thirty was huge. You had to invest time, like you really, really yeah. had to get committed yeah. to it. Yeah. Now, like, for me, in in, in the, a bit of an alternate point, like the one of the coolest things about PvP, and especially in the progression of gear right now, the base level I forty five available I one eighty PvP ring is crit debt, and that's bis. Uh, I'm over accuracy cap for dragoon. I'm actually using a PvP ring on my my build for my dragoon right now. Interesting. Which is like there is gear because it's 180 and it's available right now. There is PvP gear that will be better than your current uh, law gear, and it will be better than um, some of the esoterics gear, depending uh, on the stat allocations of them. Correct. Yeah. Correct. If it's act and, uh, and skill speed for me right now, I'm going to replace that with crit and debt all day. Same my level. Yeah. Good, know, yeah, good point. That, good point. That's that's one of the things like that's the difference in the nuance of somebody who's just going to come in on the surface level or like really get involved and put their put their mind to like, how can I really take advantage of this? And there's more gear like I just got all my 190 stuff. But in the meantime, like I could have I could have switched out a lot of the uh, a lot of the left side, some of the left side gear. I don't want to get crazy about it. Some <laughs> of the left side gear with PVP gear. If I had uh, done it, I got set back when it first came out because I switched from storm back to flame uh, from flames back to storm because I wanted to win. <laughs> Ooh, changed adders. Anyway, uh, adders, is, <laughs> adders is the only GC that I've never played ever. Uh, but uh, like, that's fair. That's fa- I understand no. that because they lose all the time. But they, they get they're in actually, quick. They're really they're really good. Um, they're they're very good on uh, primal data server. Um, they uh, they're not so much on ether. No. Gotta say, gotta say. Uh, to, I will point out though. Front lines yeah. I will point out though. When I was with adders, they never got last. <laughs> it was always <laughs> second place. <laughs> Second yeah, isn't like, first. So I'm just hey, saying. for a one minute queue, second place ain't bad. That's All right, a lot fine. Of I'll, I'll, yeah, that's fair. Uh-huh. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, 
uh, again. uh, So, yeah, like when I was uh, big into front lines on uh, back when secure was the big thing on my bard, like I would swip out like all of my stuff just so I would would have um, uh, determination and uh, crit on it. So um, you actually geared for PvP, huh? Yeah, I used to. But now I'm like, "Ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, But anyway, we have uh, we have Aldrich Valkram of Goblin on the line. Aldrich, welcome to Limit Break Radio. Thanks for calling in, Goblin. bud. Thanks for having me, guys. How's your day going? Good, man. Good. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving us a call. So what do you have to say about PvP? Well, I got a couple of confessions. First, when I was in the lobby earlier and you guys were talking, oh, today's episode is going to be PvP, I wasn't all that excited. I was like, okay, PvP. Yeah, but you didn't hear that Joe Never was going to be our guest? That should have gotten you excited. It got me a little <laughs> bit excited. I've watched the stream a couple times. Um, it got me excited. <laughs> oh, I'm excited right now. Join the club. Anyway, so I wasn't expecting too much, but as I kind of got into it, listened to it a little bit more, I was really hoping for some, you know, some key information. What's the best way I can get into it? Because I'm pretty new to PvP. I've done slaughter a few times, and I've had a blast in it, but I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. And my second confession is that I'm that guy who's queued for it just to get the tomes. So that's no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I, I mean, I'm mostly queued for it for getting the tomes yeah, out of it. So but long I mean, as you're not cowboying up, or, or or you know, just hitting that stealth button and hey, just sitting. I'm not. I'm not not, you're not the contributing. Cowboy. You're not the cowboy. Uh, so okay. Uh, so are you are you looking for like intro pointers like? Uh, yeah. Like, it was kind of asked a little bit earlier, but and it, I know it got sidestepped a little bit. I realized that he says that the new mode is the only mode that anybody plays. Mm-hmm. But as a, somebody brand new coming to PvP, what's really the best mode to play in? Slaughter seems the simplest, but maybe I'm looking at it all wrong and there's a better starting point for people. Um, I'm going to say if you're at 60, Seal Rock is probably going to be the one to queue for because it has the most people queuing for Yeah, I mean, the yeah. thing you have yeah. to realize is, yeah, they all play a little bit differently, but they all give you exactly the same thing. So you're going to benefit the most by doing the one that people do. That, yeah, that are that. It, mm-hmm. it, so basically, you're just cutting down on your queue. Yeah, and, yeah, and because the fact that PvP gear is useless in PvP, like you don't need to worry about going out and like, oh well, let me stock up on my PvP gear. Like, like whatever gear you have, just jump in. Right. And at least for me, anyway, maybe you know Joe Joe uh, has a different opinion on it, but just jumping in, learning the the way that the mechanics work, you know how to actually play the mode and cooperate with your team. That's really all there is to it. Yeah. You know, based on your job or, or your class, obviously the way that you play is a lot different than in PvP or PvE. You're not going in there to do your rotation. Right. But that's something that you're going to pick up just by doing. But your rotation gives you damage bonuses and stuff like that. So you don't yes. want to be ignoring it either or just throwing abilities out uh, at random. Yeah. And, and really, it does take it takes participation in the event so you can kind of learn the flow of where everyone goes. And the nice part about seal rock about what you know what we were saying earlier is being that it's dynamic a lot of it is reactionary so mm-hmm. it, there isn't this like overall like uh, uh uh dogmatic thought about the best most efficient way to try to take points or 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 what have you uh you're gonna get you know like your first cue it's gonna be chaos you're not really gonna know what's going on but that's okay you're probably gonna die a lot that's okay too just try to stick not okay anyway. try to 
stick with <laughs> for your first time it's fine try to stick with your group and uh you know and and do what you're there to do heal people if you're on a healer do some damage if you're on a dps and take out a healer if you're on a tank i want to piggyback that question on actually just directed at joe simply because i feel like i've gone in as monk i've gone in as paladin and i know what the jobs do in pve but when i go in like everyone's going this way that way you stand there and like people already knew like if you're in the b party you stay there and if you're i mean i was so overwhelmed i never went back in and i feel like seal rock or for no it was for front lines but when i'm thinking in general as a brand new player first going in what is the best like role that i should take on like i clearly shouldn't be the one charging and trying to kill everyone like what as a very brand new brand new pvb player what should i be doing to ensure success and that i literally don't make my team fail hell yeah um i'm so happy right now so (laughs) if you're if you're talking about seal rock um the the biggest thing and i have macro set up for this like which is awesome i have like very specific and very general and the easiest thing is that number one even though it's player versus player you're not going in to kill the other team killing in battle is an aspect however you're going in as a team to win and that's where you're going so how do you win what can i do are the questions that are asked you have to obtain nodes you have to defend nodes and you have to not die so in order to obtain nodes what is the best you have to have somewhat of an ability to spread you have to have somewhat of an ability to take either a leadership position or a uh, following position, a soldier position. Um, I Sometimes I'll sit back and I'll be a soldier. Sometimes I'll come back and I'll be a general and say, this is exactly what it is. But if you're going into Seal Rock and you don't know, listen. If you're going into Seal Rock and you know, tell people things. That's what it is. Um, if you're going in as a DPS, just know you have to be near a healer. If you're going in as a tank, you have to know what is what is the way that I can be most effective. Whatever class it is, how can I be most effective to my team? Not necessarily most effective to me, myself. Like I've gone into different queues and I've said, hey, I'm going to go in and get 15 kills. That necessarily doesn't help my team. You know what I mean? If I'm going in as a member of a team and I want to learn, I'm going to be a part of that team. And then from there, uh, go. You can ask questions. Uh, be vocal. Uh, be aware. Because if someone's leading or someone's saying something, you're going to want to follow them with that plan. If you've got 20 yeah. people doing something and four people doing something else, you're probably not going to win. Yeah, now, good point. And that's, good point. that's very serious. You have to be a unit. Like For the strategies that I employ, the things that I say in my macros are, hey, guys, welcome to PvP. If you've never been here before, listen. If you've been here before, let's win. Um, just know you can eat food you can change your gear to the maximum detriment uh, the maximum stats that your class has uh has to offer uh if you're dps crit and debt whatever that is healers can spec some health so they don't die you know things like that be aware it's not we're not here to kill people we're here to spread out uh spread out before nodes and be aware for call outs like uh because the nodes pop in different places i'll be posting um i'll be posting uh uh, coordinates all the time. I'll be dropping mm-hmm. dots. I'll be dropping pins yep. everywhere. So yep. you have to be aware, and we have to be coordinated. If if uh, if and you have to know how the game plays. Like if a B node spawns and an A node spawns, 
when is this when is it situationally going to be better for us to get the a node when is it going to be better for us to get x node like if two b's spawn and one a spawns you can get more points from two b's than you can from one a so if you know that some people are going to go to get the a's go get the b's as a team and express that you know what i mean yeah if an, if an s rank spawns and two a's come out two a's are better than two and then one s and you know some teams are usually just going to run towards the s um it's uh, it really like the biggest thing you can do as a beginner player is to try to not get frustrated and learn as much as you can. Um, you can look up guides. I've, I've been kicking myself cause I've wanted to make these guides for such a fucking long time, man. Like I really believe I can, I could do a good job doing this. Do it. Yeah, totally. I, you totally should, man. You're seriously. the guy who should. I really, really believe in that. And I think there's a, I don't think anybody does it as so. a, as a melee and, and, and specifically Ninja. There are two ways that I play when I actually play. <laughs> one of them you have to be a ninja specifically and that is um, when I notice that that certain teams maybe don't have a lot of defense on some of their nodes I'll stealth up and wait for a moment where they're not paying attention and basically unflag their node because that will A they'll stop losing points for a second right. a lot of times I end up dying but sometimes <laughs> what it does is it'll pull their team away from other nodes because they'll think oh shit we're under attack over there mm-hmm. and the other thing is when a node that we're trying to defend is being attacked because uh, I, I'm not so good actually taking people down I feel like as an ninja I put out a whole lot of damage so mm-hmm. I will stay on top of the node and I'll lay down Doton and AoE or throw down Death Blossom just so people who are coming up trying to, to unflag our node can't because once you exactly. get damage it breaks it so it's just finding out what way you work best and what you're best at doing uh, also as a ninja stealthing around um, uh, when I know that a node's going to drop like it's around like the 15-10% area mm-hmm. go out to where there aren't a lot of nodes up where there's more of a chance of them spawning and be ready to grab one and move and move preemptively yes. too if it's if you Always. notice if you notice that it's like within the last 10% of the nodes who cares it it cares. move it. move it's yep. yeah it's time it is time to move find a new sp- uh, find a new node Start spreading for a new note. The, the best uh, advice I can give is typically in each match, there is going to be usually one person shouting out orders. Yes. Follow that person's orders. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's the best or the worst. If you move as a unit, there is strength in numbers. Yeah. I was going to ask that question based on how the how much you guys have actually done PvP, but like, is there usually someone doing that, or do you get into a, a run sometimes where there's everyone's a follower? Well, what's awesome is like, when, when I have a chance to be the general and we queue up, like, the tough thing with PvP is sometimes there'll be two queues running at the same time, and sometimes there'll be one queue going so like all the issues with people having issues like getting into a queue like sometimes that queue will pop instant after every single match so when we get the same people every single time they know yeah i'm gonna give orders i've the only time and this is this is this is something that everybody can learn from who wants to play pvp the only time that that doesn't work is when one motherfucker says you're wrong no don't listen to this guy i got into a situation where one motherfucker was like, yo, you've got no clue what's going on, man. And the entire team rebelled against me. Well, because... Do be- you know who he is? <laughs> well, no, hang on, hang on. That's, that's, that's just an, an example of fucking groupthink and mob yeah, mentality. Yeah. Correct, be- correct. Be- because this guy clearly... I, I mean, Joe, you have done your homework. We've listened uh, you know, to you uh, talk to us for an hour about PvP. Obviously, you know what you're talking about. But the fact of the matter is, is that 90% of people who you for pvp don't actually know that much about pvp mm-hmm. yeah. right so when you do have one person that challenges you on something it, it has a way of throwing oh, yeah, the whole absolutely. works off yeah. Yeah. uh whether they be right or wrong 
Um, so yeah, that's that's just a, a word a word to the wise. Uh, you know, uh, don't I don't know. Don't be a dick. Don't be a yeah, dick. Don't just, be a dick. It's the, always the thing is this is like especially in a game that's all based in, in the beautiful thing called love. Like be a part of the solution. What can I do? Never put yeah. that thought in my head. Is we can't do this. We can't do this specifically in a game based around like if like I've seen it so many times in like the most clutch victories ever. If you get to six hundred points and you get lazy and start dying, oh, you yeah. can lose the game. Yes, yes. that's like the, the other most powerful swing. Yeah, the other important thing which you, which you've mentioned before, Never but just over. just to reiterate, where the, the way to win is to collect resources every right. time you die you lose five resources so if you, you don't have it. nodes up and you're dying you're killing your team literally yeah yeah so uh thank you very much for the call aldrich i think that that uh puts a pretty uh pretty good end cap on our uh pvp discussion again thank you aldrich, jo- great question man great yeah great question. fantastic question we will take some more calls before the show is out here but we do need to move on to emails i have one final question for joe oh, okay sure. I, I know i know that he actually uh, he, he has to raid here shortly too so he might not be able to stay the whole time but i do have one final question for joe which which i think he can finally answer now do you even LBR, bro? <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to get this right. Where's my damn emotes? Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> you put me on the spot. He's got it. something planned. Uh, I always get it wrong. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, what, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm kind of nervous now, too. <laughs> there we go. Oh, there it is. There it is. In the chat with get the, good. With the right. get good. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah. There it is. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much, Joe. Uh, Joe, of course, of Joe Never Fails. You can find him on twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails. Uh, also, Joe Never Fails on Twitter and uh, pretty much uh, where, where, where else can people find you? I'm at home base usually every single day twitch.tv slash show never fails if you ever want to be part of the family part of the goon squad uh we've got a twitter facebook page instagram new vine this is a brand new thing yeah uh, i saw some of your yeah. dude your vines yeah, yesterday dog. were fucking hysterical i was cracking up i downloaded vine on the way here today and me and him were messing around with it because of joe never ah! Look what you did, Joe. I I bet we can do this. Look what you did. It's it's so clever and it's one of those things where social media is becoming such like a beautiful part of like this this world, like the Twitch thing for me. Like to have that and have people like be involved in my Facebook and be involved in my Twitter, like I I can't not be a part of it. And I know you guys, like you guys can do some really funny shit with it. And like outside of just this world, like some things that we find funny, like I know other people will find funny too. So yeah, absolutely. That, that video right there, I, I made that thing in like four minutes rushing home to play ESO yesterday. And I was like, wow, you know, hilarious, hilarious stuff. So, uh, yeah, make sure that, uh, that you follow him, that you check out his channel, sub to his channel, easily one of the best subs that, uh, that you'll make on Twitch. So, uh, thank you so much, Joe, for joining us today as, uh, as a special PVP guest. If you got a slide out for the raid, man, I, I totally understand. Uh, but, uh, but we got to move on to, uh, to emails here, uh, cause, uh, we, we are, we're, we're running long. Yeah. We're running no, heavy. I just want to say thank you guys again. And, uh, it, it's an honor being friends with you guys, and thank you so much for the privilege. Oh, dude, no, no, no. The honor, the honor is all ours. And I, I, you know, I've said this, I've said this on the show before. I've said this publicly before. But you know, when I, when I went out to Fan Fest and uh, I got to meet you for the first time, it, it, your personality just jumped straight out at me, and I walked away 
uh, from that entire weekend going, man, how can I be more like Joe Never? Just like your enthusiasm, your energy. Uh, I think just, your dicks are good. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, you know, just all of that stuff uh, it just was infectious. And uh, I, I know, I know I wasn't the only one that was caught up in it in that weekend. You were like, I swear to God, 50% of the reason that that weekend was fun. So thank, thank you so much for uh, guest hosting the show today. And uh, we're, we're so glad that we could have you on. Man. I love you, Joe, yeah. even though you're I love dragoon. You guys. I love you so much, too. Like, I, an arrow for the same way, like you felt that way. I feel the exact same way about you in this community. Like, you get me excited to be a part of this community at, at FanFest. For anybody who hasn't heard, like at FanFest, my first experience seeing an arrow was sitting around a table full of people asking questions about you and like about this world and <laughs> I, I saw that i saw that like as, a, as an outsider looking in like no one knowing who i was like wanting to be involved in this community like you are and that's that's what i love and i've i've told you this a bunch of times dude i love i love what you guys do you are very 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 dedicated all this bromance hard working individuals Aww. very you proud got a chub going on over here final <laughs> fantasy community yo and there is there like there is no final fantasy community without you guys so i love that to absolute death and thank you guys for letting me be a part oh, of did it. you say man crush dude <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun having you on today. So uh, come back, come back again. You're always welcome Anytime. here. Anytime, yo. You know you're, that you're always welcome here on Limit Break Radio. All right, let's read some emails. All right, I got the first one. Hey, take care, guys. I love you. All, all right, right, take it easy, Joe. Thank you very much for joining us today. Again, follow him twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails at Joe Never Fails on Twitter. Uh, so all right, uh, first email. Yeah, take it away, Kyle. Take it away. Greetings, LBR. Kupo Kyle here. First, I wish to express how much I enjoyed the discussion of lore story in episode 25. It is by far my favorite episode. Your discussion sparked a similar discussion between myself and my free company. One of them pointed out something special, specifically someone out that you all did not talk about. Hilda the Mongrel. Although she played a small role, it was nonetheless vital. However, it is not her role in the coup d'etat that I wish to bring up. It's something a bit more superficial. Her ruby red eyes. Ooh. There are only three other NPCs, to my knowledge, that possess red eyes. Graha, the Makote that aided the uh, wall in the CT arc. Warrior of Light. Warrior yeah, of the Warrior of Light in the CT arc. Doga and Unai created clones of the ancient sages Doga and Unai. You probably know where I'm going with this. People with red eyes is a sign of people that have Alagon royalty in their blood. Is Hilda the Mongrel Alagon royalty? If so, on which parent's side? Fun fact, in the entire FF universe, there has only ever been four confirmed halflings. The other three are Tara Branford, Yuna, and Lily Set. Hmm. Thanks, LBR, for reading my email. Shoutouts to Dan, Cody, Mike, and the FC Flames of Exile from the Gilgamesh server. P.S. Here's my obligatory pun. What do you call a fight between a monk and a scholar? A sucker punch. Ah, <laughs> I see what you did there. That's interesting. I um, never noticed her eyes. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't either. Or if you like, I mean, maybe I probably did, but I would have never really connected it to that. Um, sure. Besides the fact that her father was highborn and her mother was lowborn, do we get any other details about either of them? I don't think so. I don't. No. I don't think we really Just have kind either. Of that, like in the shadows character that I feel like hopefully she'll get more. Of oh, those. I certainly hope so. Yeah, she was a great character. Yeah, absolutely, and it's totally a uh, uh, a touch that I had not picked up on. 
very, very interesting. I'm I'm curious to know if there are other characters that appear with red eyes. Uh-huh. They make it a big point in the Crystal Tower scenes that right. you know this guy has one yeah. red eye, which yeah. means he's whatever, and the clones have red eyes. Like they really focused on that. Oh, okay. Well, um, Yuna's a half breed. Yeah, she's half out bed. Oh, what? oh. She's half Elbed and half... <laughs> all right, yeah, see, to me, Elbed is more like a nationality than it is a race, so, all right. No, I mean, it's not. Like, Riku has got the swirly eyes, and Yuna has the... She's, she has the two eh, different... Eh, Piss on it. <laughs> but then, I mean, then Tara, who's, like, half mm. Esper and half person. Uh, I feel like a Nero should probably read this next one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I okay. think so. All right. Oh, I was prepared to read this next <laughs> one, so... Uh, anyway, thank you very much for uh, the email, Kupo Kyle. Um, all right, let's take this next email. Hey, LBR, I heard you're looking for email from haters and SJWs who were bothered by the recent kerfuffle, and I guess you could count does me among those. Does he use those. that word kerfuffle? I oh love, my god, he does. Yes. I love, I love you. Uh, this is a longer version of what I tweeted in response to Nika, so here it goes. All right, now let me explain the situation for those that don't live on Twitter. Okay, uh, I had stepped into well we actually the the whole show had gotten into a little bit of uh hot water with our last episode uh somebody out there and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna single out who it was but somebody out there got kind of offended at uh at at the joke that i made on the show that was uh the the rogan and lives matter comment in, in, in reference to there not being enough rogadins in the main story quest and the ones that are there get killed off right right uh and which i thought was a great joke i thought it was funny i given the context had good context given the context it was totally appropriate uh but no there were there's some people felt uh that uh that 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 was offensive and they wanted to share that opinion with me and i do not share that opinion that that joke is offensive and i went on to say that i don't find any subject matter objectionable for a joke like there there <laughs> i know right <laughs> what a what a horrific thing to say but that the the idea that i had put out there is that there is no invalid material for a joke somebody responded on twitter by saying even this really bad thing and i said yeah unfortunately even this really bad thing because that's what i believe there really is no there's there's nothing that is so bad that it can't be processed through humor that's not to say that you should make those jokes anywhere nor did we make those jokes that's not saying that you should go to a few of someone who died at cancer and tell a cancer joke and right. then say oh no it's valid right there are inappropriate times oh, absolutely sure. context matters sure context matters absolutely context matters so i i uh, basically spent time on twitter defending the idea that all jokes are valid now it provided since twitter is limited to 140 characters it provided some people really good retweet fodder to make oh yeah to make <laughs> me to make me look like a gigantic asshole which to be fair he is a gigantic asshole i'm a gigantic Huge one gigantic asshole just for Gaping. Ent- entirely different reasons okay so uh now now that you now that you have the context for because context matters because context matters let's continue on with the email i thought the joke was unfortunate but by itself i'd probably ignore it we all have personal lines when it comes to appropriate and inappropriate humor and i'm mature enough to realize that mine is not the same as everyone's as long as it's not a reoccurring habit i'm usually happy enough to ignore and move on as i've done before with the she looks like a man jokes that was my favorite <laughs> uh, i'm sure 
the uh, the bigger problem, in my view, was with y'all's reaction to the criticism. I realized some of it was militant. Anna especially tends to be consciously over the top, so it can be hard to not to punch back just as strong. But at the same time, the flow of, quote, goddamn liberal SJW censorship tweets bothered me quite a bit. That's kind of uh, uh, that's the kind of stupid shit that I have to put up with from Gamergate dweebs. And it's not really something I want to deal with when I'm relaxing people who like to throw around the you don't have the right to not be offended stuff that's a double negative that's a really weird way to put that they mean is you don't have the right to be offended i don't know i don't know what they're uh uh, and that's true but at the same time offended is sort of a weasel word at this point a better one in my view is hurt jokes jokes can hurt even when they're dumb even when it's not intended no one's saying that you have to grovel and beg for forgiveness but have a little bit of empathy if i accidentally hit someone i'm probably going to say oh sorry about that didn't mean to hurt you not goddamn thin-skinned sjw's even a response as simple as sorry it bothered you i can understand where you're coming from i didn't think the joke was that bad uh uh but i'll do uh but i'll think more about it and keep it in mind for the future shows basic empathy without taking uh without taking blame you don't think you deserve so that's it i'm not mad you made the joke that some people myself included uh was problematic uh i'm mad that you chose the path of righteous defender of the freeze peach instead of maybe trying to understand why that topic hit a nerve there's a million different things to do with my free time and contrary to popular belief we sjw's don't want to fight a goddamn ethical war every time we sit down to listen to a funny podcast so it's easier just to move on to 90 percent uh, so it's easier just to move on 90 percent of the time thanks for listening take care vietra mac uh mac of the Excalibur server. Okay, thank. First of all, thank you for your email. That was so uh, eloquently. Yes, eloquently put and reasonably stated. Uh, most of the criticism that I got through Twitter and the 140 characters that it provides was uh, far more vitriolic than that. So I do appreciate you taking the time to sit down and uh, properly express your points. So let's just start there. The second thing is that. You know, uh, the the problem the problem that I have here is th- that I disagree with the point that you think my material is offensive. And if I disagree, I have every right to push back if you say you don't like it or that you didn't think it was funny or whatever, whatever your criticism is. This is this is the problem that I have. Any organization has a pro- has a real problem being able to defend its work and the things that it says when there is a backlash okay and that's the thing that i don't like i have an opinion and that is all jokes are valid all material is valid and there's nothing that i said that that undercut that point there's nothing you know i never even told an offensive joke for people to get riled up at so where where is the outrage coming from exactly uh and and the fact the notion the notion that i should have to find some sort of tact to be able to uh deal with criticism i i don't i i frankly don't and nobody does 
it's a choice. It's a choice that we all make. We can choose to be an asshole or not. I choose to be an asshole sometimes. I knew what I was saying was going to be inflammatory and taken out of context and piss some people off. But you know what? It's my opinion. It's the thing that I believe. It's how I program this show. It's how, you know what? I, you know, people, people said I tried to compare myself to comedians. I've been on stage, motherfucker. I've actually gone up and done stand-up comedy. I've gone up and done improv comedy. This is a thing that I've been, this is a subject that I've been thinking about in an intellectual level since I was 18 goddamn years old. And you know what? Yeah, I have opinions about humor. I'm an entertainer. Don't act so, so, so fucking surprised, man. I, I don't understand. How is it that people are surprised when I feel that I can, I, I, you know, I can defend myself or defend my jokes or defend my position? That's the thing that people aren't used to because they're not used to being told no. And I, you know what? I'm not going to be one of those. I'm just not. I'm not going to treat you guys like children. You guys, this audience is notable for being a few things. They're notable for being generous. They're notable for being mature. And they're notable for expressing their positions and their opinions in a way that is thoughtful and expressive. All right. And you know what? I feel comfortable enough with this audience where I can say some shit that might offend people. But guess what? They're probably going to listen to the full context or at least hear my full argument out. The people who matter anyway. Yeah. So, you know what? I don't care if you're offended. You can be offended. You can be offended by any number of the things that I say on the show. It's fine. It's not going to... I feel like that the, that the joke, if we like, were aiming to offend someone, we could have made it so much worse. Like, the thing... Like, when we said that on the show, it completely went, like, it, you know, just right through my head and out the other ear. Like, it didn't even phase me as a thing. Like, so, I mean, you, you're allowed to be offended, but the fact is that... There, there are people who like the stand-up comedians you're talking about who like actually aim to offend people and that wasn't our our case so it is the context and i think people are completely yeah. ignoring. But, but you know I, I think there was probably some listeners that heard it were a little bit offended but but like the person that sent in the email we're like you know whatever yeah but when someone mentioned it on twitter these other people that had no context for it looked at it obviously drew the obvious parallels to it and when they have no context they're going to automatically assume that the joke was made in light of what it's, you know, referencing. Sure. Yeah. And in that case, I could see how that would be even more offensive. That's the horrible but thing. That about wasn't the case. Who gets who gets offended without actually taking the time to figure out what the proper context <laughs> was Hello, in the first place? The I know, internet. <laughs> I know. I know. But you know what? It's goddamn stupid. And and I I honestly believe that the Limit Break Radio audience is smarter than that. No, I agree. And like you said, you know, you have your right to your opinion. They have every right to be offended. We have every right to defend ourselves. Right. And, and and if you want to argue and he wants to argue, fine. The two of you argue until someone's red in the face and gives up and we move on. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what this show is all about. It's about discussion. It's about sharing ideas and to, to just kind of be lumped into a category because of uh, an idea about humor is, uh, you know, I, I just I I don't accept it. I don't think it's valid. You haven't done your homework. You haven't bothered to figure out the context and you just reacted. You, all you did was react. And that's I you know, that's kind of the attitude that we rail against in general. 
general here. But yeah, like that whole entitled thing where it's like I my feelings are hurt. You know, like when did sticks and stones may break your bones become fucking irrelevant? Like when did that when did that idea just go away? Like kids are dicks to each other all the time. And, you know, if a kid has his feeling hurt, you tell him, hey, well, don't worry about it. That other kid's a dick. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it, it's, like it's, 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 it's like it's just on the internet. There, there, there's that uh, that joke by uh, oh, shit. Uh, Danny Glover, I think his name Donald is Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, I overheard some kids and one goes up and grabs a basketball from the other one goes, this is why your mom's in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Donald Glover, you can say that. It's not nice. It's not but nice. You can say that. And you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, okay, the people who I am answerable to, the only people that I am answerable to is the Limit Break Radio audience. And yes, I get it. You're a part of the Limit Break Radio audience because you listen and, and therefore you feel like you're entitled to sh- shit your opinion everywhere and anywhere where people will listen to you. And that's fine. And I'll engage you on that point. But don't automatically assume that if you you come to me saying that you're offended by something that I am under any uh, obligation. obligation to just roll over and say, well, sorry, you didn't like it. I can I have every right to say, no, nah, fuck you. That was a good joke. And that's the part that people can't sit with. That's the part that really bothers people. And you know what? To all you know, to, to all of you people who are, are really upset over Twitter and you know want to want to fucking protest the show or try to get people to bail from our Patreon or you know uh, want to encourage people not to tune in to our racist shenanigans. Here's the real. I'm gonna help you out here, okay, haters. I'm gonna do you a favor. I'm gonna tell you how you can actually hurt Limit Break Radio's bottom line, okay? The only way that you can hurt Limit Break Radio's bottom line is by stealing our audience. You gotta take our audience. And you know what? I'm gonna let you take them. You can have them. Okay, I love this audience. I love them to death. But you can have them. Here's the thing. You gotta convince them. You have to make a product that's better than ours and convince them on merits of your show and your talent that their time is better spent with you than it is with Limit Break Radio. The gauntlet has been thrown down, motherfucker. You want to criticize? Add to the fucking pile. Welcome to the LBR Fuck You Tour. <laughs> also, toxic waste. That will also hurt the LBR bottom line, like radioactive stuff that that, that would kill us dead. Uh, well, actually, I believe there is like some kind of river out in like the mountains where like the EPA was supposed to like make it not toxic, and they fucked up, and now the river is orange and very toxic. What? What? What are you talking? What does what that have to do with anything? I'm so confused. I'm saying that uh, toxic waste is bad. Yeah, thank you. I had a point, but it's really it's gone. It's, it's really hot in here, and I lost it. Totally gone. Anyway, uh, so there you go. You know, I was actually I was going to save this subject for a final encounter cast, and maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, expand you know, upon it. Yeah, get get real deep into this nitty gritty into this subject on final encounter cast. But uh, since somebody sent an email about it, I did want to address it. It did happen this past week. Some people were upset by it. Some people had their nettles raised about it. Would uh, you say that their jimmies were? 
Russell. Their jimmies were definitely rustled, a maximum over Russell. So uh, just uh, just wanted to be able to address that since we here at Limit Break Radio believe in addressing drama head on. So Why'd you come at me so hard, bro. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Vietra Mac- Macrum, thank you very much for your email. Uh, very interesting. And again, I do appreciate uh, how well spoken you were on the matter and not just a reactionary tool. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's do two more emails here and then we're going to move I on. Think if we do the next three, because one's like a line and I think Juxta should read that. Oh, one. okay. All right. All right. So, uh, Nika, how about you take our next email here? Sure. It says, hello, dear host of LBR. It seems like a lot of discussions lately go around the subject of making content easier versus making it harder. People bitching about it being too hard, etc. I am not a long time FF14 player, but I have played other MMOs quite a bit and I'd like to someone's target is covering up my words. Stop that. I'd like to share my thoughts. First off, I want to say that I do not believe that nerfing content is a viable solution. What I think is that people need to ask questions. Why is it that so many players find the content unachievable for them, and how can we provide the solution? The problem that I see is that even if the content's difficulty is appropriate, the game itself is flawed. Having DPS checks on boss fights while giving no tools to monitor personal DPS is flat-out stupid. Fair point. How the hell am I supposed to know which rotation between X, Y, and Z is optimal? One of the highlights of other games is their ability to run add-ons. Game developers would look at top downloaded add-ons and try to make them a part of their default UI, stealing with pride, as they say. I know the console version limits what they can do about this, but it does not mean they can't try to polish it. something that WoW did well. And FF14 had mentioned something like that, but they pushed it way, way far into the future, I believe. Now it says, how badly would it change things? Here's my story. Back when I raided in World of Warcraft BC, I don't know which... Thank you. I was running as a healing druid. After the first couple of easier bosses, we hit a wall in our progression. Something wasn't right and we had to figure it out. After running healing meters, we observed that other druid healers were doing about 20 to 30% less healing than me. I had to sit down and discuss this with them. Even after that, I couldn't figure it out. What I ended up doing was sending them a copy of my UI setup. See, if it would help them, uh, see, it would help them keep track of their buff up times, cooldowns, etc. Next thing I know, on the following raid, not only did I get schooled on the healing meters, but we managed to clear all bosses in one sitting. This wasn't from running specific add-ons, but simply by giving us a better UI customization. In FF14, I play a bard, FML, optimizing optimizing DPS when you need to keep track of uptime on two dots, one buff, one proc, and multiple cooldowns can be a bitch with this current UI. I don't think asking for better party frames, better layout for buffs, debuffs is unreasonable. What are your thoughts? Thanks for reading, and sorry for shitty English. I'm just a French-Canadian tagging along. Eddard Bonanza of Lamia. Oh, your English was actually pretty good. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, your English is really good. Don't worry about it. For Uh, starters, um, my thought, uh, current thought is try playing a summoner. We have three dots, uh, like two or three buffs. Wait, wait, wait. Suddenly, he's he's a summoner, guys. I, I'm I'm the show summoner. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, maybe I, maybe, it, maybe you should get a hold of Lila and let her make make sure she knows to do your action figure in summoner garb. Oh, oh, bring up the action figure, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a little jelly. <laughs> I, I'm an action figure. No, nah, I just want to mention. I just mentioned. I just want to mention that Juxta sent that drop to me specifically to have for the show. She sure could have warned me. I wouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> That's why I didn't <laughs> warn you. <laughs> yeah, look it at, did, it did looking appear, at a Nero it, here. It, well, it did appear. Uh, now, well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's organic. It's you fine. had to give that to him. It's organic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, your yeah, your English is fine. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, Juxta was talking about him being a summoner. Yeah. Now. 
Or were you done with your point? Oh, yeah, that's it. You're a dick. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think about UI customization? We've we've talked about mods. We've talked about yeah, add-ons yeah, before. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously. Well, first of all, FF14 has way more customization um, than 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 previous MMOs I've played. Uh, while withstanding, because of the whole you know UI thing and be able to, to to change stuff, being able to move things around, and I just realized that you can now make things different sizes too. That's really yeah, cool. You can. But yeah. but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. There there are definitely some things that that would be better. For example, I mean, right now you want to look at your dots. You know, I do have the target bar pulled down just above my hotkeys so that I'm not you know looking all the way across. The screen right but one of the things i used to have in wow because i played a shadow priest which was notorious for like 80 to 90 percent of their damage coming from dots like you had five different dots in the prime that you had to keep up all right once right and the best add-on basically put little bars on the side so you could see it ticking down a green bar yellow when it was halfway through getting down to red so you knew shit gotta put it back up soon right a lot of times my dots will fall off or one of the reasons i'm kind of cutting down my playtime with him We'll be doing something. Where the fuck is Dancing Edge? Put up Dancing Edge. Put up your own goddamn Dancing Edge, you piece of shit. Hey, well, when you're talking... My DPS is higher. That's because because you're not putting up Dancing Edge and you're just spamming fucking Aeolian Edge, you cocksucker. No, that doesn't contribute to 150 DPS, bro. It sure doesn't. Uh No, no, you know what? You know what does? Uh, Blood for blood. It's true. Yeah. Still, I'm done putting up Dancing Edge when we're in parties together. Uh, so, uh, yeah. But yes, I think it could help. It's uh, not gonna hurt. So. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that add-ons, uh, are, uh, y- y- as, as soon as, as soon as the API comes out, they're legit, cause then, We're uh, gonna see a Square, revolution in the game. Square Enix yeah. can kind of, uh, can kind of dictate what they want to be able to be edited and what they don't. So, I think that's really the only place that you kind of get into a gray area is, are the, does the EULA support it or not? Uh, you know, some people were saying in uh, you know in the chat that Blizzard also d- uh, doesn't encourage mods; they just discourage it. But but WoW does have an API, doesn't it? It yes. has an open oh, absolutely has an yeah. open development structure. So um, that's I think the big difference between yeah, the like, two. They, like you can see, like uh, I used to always like going on uh, I forget what the website was to look at people's custom UIs, and like I've seen yeah. people set up their UIs to where it looked like they were playing fucking Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and and uh, you know customization of what you want the menus to. Look like i think that that's fair yep yeah yeah all that's of all that, really all, cool all of yeah. that is fair uh all right uh juxta why don't you take this next email all right this next email is from anonymous okay it says i totally pay for coil cutscenes. good wow good job all right you're a little a little late to the table on that uh topic there buddy do they just mean though they just like throw money and be like here's money yeah i downloaded the cutscene for money I, I don't I guess I, guess, I don't know uh, YouTube the cash, cash shop cutscenes they want cash shop cutscenes fucking YouTube man yeah YouTube is but my me. character's not on it fuck off god <laughs> uh, alright uh, let's take one more email here Kala once you read our last sure email. hello hosts I just want to ask a question one of Final Fantasy 11's expansions Wings of the Goddess you got to go into the past of Vanadiel would you guys want something like that to be in Final Fantasy 14 to be able to relive 1.0 stuff so that people that never Never did could see how things were and how things changed from 1.0 to 2.0. Thanks I think for reading Vanyan from Midgar Swarmer. I think this would this is kind of a cool concept. Mm-hmm. I just think the amount of development time that it would take to be able to put it in would just be absolutely insane. Yeah, I don't think you could actually go back to 1.0 and play things the way they were. Like right. we wouldn't want to go back at 1.0 and play that version mm-hmm. of Garuda or something like that. Right. But in order to see the way the world was before the calamity would be kind of cool. I you know and and I think that they can do that in cutscenes too. 
too. Yes. You know? um, but like echo, they could do echo flashbacks to 1.0. There is no way, there is no possible way that you can get the mechanics from 1.0 to be the same. And, you know, so much of the mechanics from the fights carried over from 1.0 to 2.0 when they kept the fights. Like, for example, uh, you know, Zamel Darkhold or, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, some of the early primal fights. Most of those mechanics were ripped straight out of their 1.0 derivative. And because of that, if you modified the fights to have 2.0 mechanics, that's sort of the form that they would end up taking. Well, you actually hit the nail right on the head when you, when you first uh, opened up the dialogue about it's a cool concept, but I think where you have to look is, is, is what made 1.0 memorable. And it wasn't things like mechanics or gameplay. It was the actual storyline. So yeah, introducing, it was the world building. Yeah. Exactly. Introducing some type of, maybe not expansions or patches, but some type of little add-on scenarios that took you back and let you relive certain moments, right. I do think would be very and, cool. And, but not only that, it's not just, it's not just that, it's, it, it's only that this, the world building uh, had a payoff, you know, because yep. of 2.0 and because the world continued that's the only reason that world building is legitimate to 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 say that when 1.0 did well because had 1.0 been it had the game been canceled i don't think anyone would have been terribly terribly uh, yeah, uh, heartbroken and, and at the loss of eorzea as a world right and you know the best way to go about it would be doing is is have one of those bards right right the, the whole like requiem of 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 steam and steel or, or the requiem uh whatever the ultima one was called uh, um, have the bard come up with you know the requiem of the warrior of light where you actually get to go back and relive the original warrior of light right. uh, 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 memories and at the end of the cut you know, at the end of, of of this whole campaign of this whole thing you get the legacy tattoo. That would be really sweet. Oh, no, 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 really no. Really cool. No, no. Who gets those legacy titles? <laughs> no. The, oh, the legacy titles. No, those are yeah. some good ones. There's the, some really I, good ones. I missed ones. a lot of those, and I'm sad. The legacy tattoo, actually, we had mentioned this earlier about digital exclusivity. The digital tattoo is actually, or the, the, the legacy tattoo is actually a really good example of digital ex- exclusivity because only people who had active accounts in the 1.0 era got those. And there's no way that you can, that you can replicate it you took that way more seriously than i wanted you to what what you wanted to troll me obviously no but i'm not gonna give the legacy tattoo to people that was a big point of our episode about the digital exclusivity so it was a good point to be able to make i have a tattoo and love it and i found it all the time like right now yeah i found i found a way to make that dig legitimate or to make it relevant did you daffy duck me i did I don't think I know. I, I don't think that's actually how that worked, but anyway, close enough. Uh, so yes, thank you uh, for that email, Vanya. What I would be more interested in in an expansion that would take us to the past would be being able to explore things like uh, the floating city of Nim or right. Uh, or if they places did do this, it would have to as, Silda have an, as an expansion. Do more than just give us what has already been given. Right. Use it uh, in in a smarter way than. Wow did with their traveling back in time shit or or, or or even what Wings of the Goddess did, which isn't to say that Wings of the Goddess wasn't bad because it did do some cool things, but but find a new way to use that trick because it is kind of an old one. Yeah, it definitely de- it definitely is. And not not only that, but I mean like, you know, we we've we've already seen how a cataclysm can reshape the world once. I think going back to that narrative device after uh, you know, 1.0 to 2.0 uh, probably would not be yeah. as as effective, but would be 
what would be really cool because what we discovered from 1.0 to 2.0 is to see the world in a previous iteration before one of those big calamities because we get little hints of those throughout architecture mm-hmm. throughout you know whatever uh, you know the ruins that we uh, encounter in the game it's one of those it's it's one of those contextual clues and part of the lore that is not explicitly stated it's not part of the narrative lore it's uh-huh. part of the world lore and and, and that's a, a, another reason too that I think that that you would have to do it uh, to, to, to do it right and to do it really really well is to do it in a narrative fashion primarily with cutscenes because what kind of what what kind of reward or 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 you know what's the point of really going back and being like oh let's all run through south shroud as it was like is there really a lot to be gleaned well from that, that was actually that was one of the things that wings of the goddess did really well i know that at, at the time that we had kind of complained about it but that they had truncated large parts of the world mm-hmm. and you know when you think about it like yeah as long as they're putting events in there that make that make those zones relevant or uh give it a purpose for traveling through that whole narrative idea of going back in the past is really cool but the minute that you have superfluous zones or superfluous areas just for the sake of having for, them again yeah it, it, it becomes you way less interesting. more than nostalgia yeah absolutely yep. uh but a really good idea again thank you uh vanyan for the email and uh i think that is going to do it for emails we had a lot more emails again we keep getting tons and tons of emails for each and every show uh thank you guys so much for uh your enthusiastic fascinating and uh you know just plain engaging email engaged emails you guys are clearly engaged with the content that we're putting out you guys are listening a lot and uh boy do we ever appreciate it we sure do appreciate it and you know if you listen to limit break radio a lot maybe uh you'd like to take uh you take the next step and support us on patreon and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash limit break radio uh patreon is a service that allows us to seek funding from our audience so that we don't have to do something like find advertisers and have to create content that is the most satisfying to those advertisers or the most appropriate for those advertisers. The reason that we're able to say the things that we want to do, to do the content that we want to do, is because of your direct support, and that happens at patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. We have a lot of different levels that you can give at. Give whatever's appropriate for your budget. $1 a month, $5 a month, maybe even $10 a month, hell, maybe $50 a month. There's $1,000 a month! There's <laughs> There's tons There's tons of different gifts for different gift levels that you give at, and uh, we, we do that as a way to say thank you for your support of Limit Break Radio. We couldn't do it without our audience. And, you know, I, I said earlier that uh, anyone has the ability to step in and take our audience at any time, but you know what? You have to convince them. They are a smart, smart bunch, and they're vi- and they're totally wise to a whole bunch of bullshit that exists out there. And if you if you want to go after them, by all means. Offer what you think Limit Break Radio doesn't offer. D- provide a show. Provide content that you think that we're short-sighted on. Pro tip, don't go after the dick joke market because we got a corner on that we one. We do. We do. We absolutely do. If you think you can create a better show, go for it because, you know, make, we invite... Make the show more neutral. We invite... <laughs> We invite you. We invite you to try. We invite you to try to make a better show than Limit Break Radio. But we know that you won't, and we know that our audience is so super loyal. And uh, and and you know, a final point that I really want to make about this whole Twitter kerfuffle that I had kind of I had kind of forgotten before is, uh, you know, it's not about the things that you say. 
All right. It's about what you do, either as a person or an organization. It's about what you do to make the most impacting, long lasting good. Okay. As an organization, Limit Break Radio has stepped up on several uh, on several different uh, 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 times to uh, to be able to do that, to 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 step in and make a noticeable long term good somewhere where we can we've done it with extra life uh Ascalia did it with seeds of acceptance that's what matters it's not armchair activism it's not sitting at your fucking twitter page and telling people about the content that you're offended in okay if it means that much to you get up off your ass and do something about it start a show that 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 you think counters limit break radio get off your ass get out into the street make a sign tell other people about how you feel Okay, it's not just about Twitter. Twitter's the absolute laziest fucking way that you can express your opinions without actually backing it up and doing something after you sent that tweet. Okay, and that's that's not just my opinion. That's a fact. Shit doesn't change just because you want it to and you post it or retweet it. And that's. You know what? I can't change that. If you don't like that fact, you have to change that. You've got to get up. You've got to speak for yourself and you've got to change it. All right. That's going to do it for Limit Break Radio. I appreciate you guys tuning in today. All 266 of you. That's been as high as like 315 today. Yep. Uh, and uh, we do apologize for uh, whatever that weird Twitch hiccup was that we uh, uh, experienced in the middle of the show there. We're not sure what that was, but we're so glad that you guys would stick around. Again, I want to thank our very special guest from this episode joe never of joe never fails make sure that you uh follow his uh twitch stream that's twitch.tv slash joe never fails follow him on uh on twitter that's at joe never fails and uh you know buy buy his t-shirts he's got some great t-shirts we own some of his t-shirts wiki woo uh do you even pvp bro go i mean seriously he's got some great t-shirt designs go check him out we cannot thank joe enough for appearing on the show and uh taking some time to talk to us about pvp that's going to do it from us here at limit break radio i would like to thank my co-host Kahlo landis juxtaposition and nika kayanian and a special shout out and thank you to escalia rayumasa in his wonderfully uh successful seeds of acceptance uh uh charity event uh make sure that you stay tuned for more of those we're going to have more of those coming up and make sure that you check out our brand new website over at limit break radio That's it for us. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Nero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Kahlo Landis, Aniro Grigori, and Nika Kayanian. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Mary Kennett, Squy De La Rosa, Zurian Urexen, Satori Komeji, Karquin Albarn, Rajan Nelka, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash husky by the geek. 
in-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.